Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supreme Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFloatDown.com on the SB Nation Network. Joining me per usual, my Senior Editor, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brenda McAlinden. And joining us, the friend of the pod, Greg Flamang from UHND. What up, trio of fellas? Um, I just want to say that I'm honored to be on the show today on my Notre Dame son, Kyle Hamilton's birthday. He turns 20 today. Happy birthday, Kyle. I sent him, uh, I, I put out a bunch of videos for people to watch celebrating our favorite boy. So happy birthday, Kyle Hamilton. His birthday is the 16th, right? Because... By the way, happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you out there. Oh, yeah. So uh, it'll record tomorrow. It'll come on tomorrow. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some West Coaster who's really dying to listen to the podcast is going to hear it like a – they can probably download it like 11, 1130. You know what I mean? <laughs> Greg's wife. She, she That's got right. to the, That's right. She, yeah. yeah. As soon as it pops, she's turn, tuning in for sure. I, uh, I was upstairs doing dishes the other day. And Christy was downstairs working uh, late into the evening because they switched over to new software. She was listening to our podcast. And let me tell you, when you're doing dishes and you hear yourself making an ass of yourself <laughs> downstairs as your wife <laughs> is listening, it's something else. <laughs> I'm not sure how much Keek listens. I know every once in a while. But I know if she's here and here and here's the podcast being recorded, uh, she's been here for several shouting matches and wanted nothing to do with the with the listen. <laughs> she, uh, I do, I do have a, um, a critique that she gave Josh. By the way, she thought your uh, Real Housewives tagline was awful, and it uh, <laughs> didn't encapsulate the spirit of the franchises. It didn't, wow! I don't even remember giving one. I I don't remember it either. She. Uh, she said it, was, it wasn't very good. Yeah, but couldn't this have been like three months ago? Oh, uh, she is. Oh, she is. Uh, she is uh, a year behind almost. Like, <laughs> she was listening to the preseason podcast. And she heard I was talking about. Uh, we talked about Real Housewives, and she was like, "Wait a minute, I need to get up on this and make sure that they weren't uh, they weren't besmirching the the good New Jersey cast name." So, so true story about Housewives. The Real Housewives. So last night, and I'm I, I had uh, wife didn't have to work last night. She works tonight, and I had been I've been away from the house for the last like three or four days. I've had a shit week and a half, by the way. Uh, no good. So this is gonna be hopefully the show lightens me up. So you know, last night I'm thinking, you know, this is husband wife time, right? And I'm thinking that because I got a lot of texts from my wife saying about husband wife time. So I'm doing my thing downstairs and, and getting things around and, and cleaning and doing, looking some stuff up and yada, yada, yada. Well, I end up upstairs like around maybe like 1130, quarter to midnight. Maybe that's safe territory, three kids in the house. Maybe, maybe not. And, you know, but, you know, you wanted to settle into like maybe like watching a show or something like that. And so I'm kind of like, I'm putting some clothes away that I had in a laundry basket 
And my wife asked me, she's like, hey, and she's watching like an old ass episode of Real Housewives of New York, which are like the real grandmas of, of New York, more like it. And uh, a little Ramona Bethany action, of course, of course. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the blonde, um, who's a pretty tough, tough gal or so. Anyways, and she's like, hey, you want to watch? Uh, we've been watching that Discovery of Witches show. She's like, hey, do you want to watch that episode? I'm like, yeah, you know, put that on because I didn't want anything to do with what she was watching. And like 10 minutes go by and she has not done this yet. And I, so I copped an attitude real quick and I'm like, oh, Hey, boy. are you going to put that? Are you going to put that show on or, or what? And she came over and she's like, well, you know, maybe I was like, well, you just said you were, I said, either put it on or go downstairs. <laughs> she, she's like, well, goodbye. <laughs> so, oh no. <laughs> well, I, so I came downstairs. Worked, worked yourself out of that situation. I know it. Normally, I would just that like, was an <laughs> somewhere Admiral uh, Akbar was announcing a trap. So normally, I would just go into the office and just start working on some stuff, you know, until maybe two or three in the morning, and you know, work myself, you know, go upstairs and you know, maybe things are cool. Uh, but instead, I ended up on the couch like immediately, <laughs> and all this blustering about whatever was on the television mattered, dick, uh, because I passed out in two <laughs> seconds. <laughs> <laughs> you wake up at two thirty, and I just had uh, like basketball shorts, and that was it. You wake up at I'm waking up at two thirty. Somebody forgot to turn the heat back on in the house because we had had it off all day because it was just w- warm. I'm fucking freezing balls. It's two thirty in the morning. I have no idea what just happened, and you know, like I'm crawling upstairs to get into bed, and my wife was like sleeping like the ultimate like fuck you way, like diagonal with all the covers rolled up, <laughs> just like. <laughs> I lost so hard. I mean, I absolutely lost last night. I'm like, you know what? This week's been bad enough as it is. So, but thankfully there was no hard feelings, at least on her end uh, today. So that's, that's always good news. You know, we've all, I mean, we've all been there, but I mean, I was like, no, fuck this. And then, uh, yeah, I really, I really punted that one. I was uh, I was beefing with my wife this tonight about uh, the covers because I feel like she's gaslighting me about who actually hogs the covers. I'm 100 percent convinced that she steals the covers and then blames me for pulling the wrong side of the cover. She's like, Absolutely. no, you just you pull you don't pull it from the top. You pull it from the side. That's why it's all messed up. And I'm like, I'm like, look at it. And I'm like pointing it to her. She's like, yeah, look how messed <laughs> up it is. I'm like, I'm like, no, it's on your side. And she's like. She's like, no, it's, you know, you pulled it weird. And I was like, I'm like, I'm feeling gaslit right here. Like, I'm just feeling like we're looking at the same thing and you're trying to convince me that somehow that blanket is not on exclusively on your side. (laughs) That's that's terrible. (laughs) My my wife is short, like very short. And so it does not matter to her which, which way the comforter goes. But she, but for me, who is not short, it matters. It matters a great deal. So like I don't want my my knee you know my knees down to my ankles outside of the covers on the bottom, and so but she always when she goes to the bed somehow that fucking comforter gets switched around so it's sideways. I think it's just so she can roll up like a burrito like a little bit better. It's it is you're right, Jude. It's terrible. And then she's like, what? It's no big deal. Like I am a foot and a half taller than you, you crazy woman. What are you thinking? 
I, mean, I just like not, we just got we got we just upgraded from a queen to a king, and I thought this would solve all of my problems. And it just it de- doesn't like I feel like I sleep closer to the middle of the bed now than I ever did because I'm just trying to reclaim some some real estate on the blanket situation. It's just so it didn't work. I, I'm being, the switch to the king didn't work. No, it, no, it we're, didn't. We're right I thought it was going to solve like, all my problems. Listen, right you can go from a 3-4 to a 4-3 three, 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 not being able to sleep at night. Uh, although, uh, it, it could be that, I suppose, at times. So we're going to get into some stuff tonight. But before we get into that, we got a little business to take care of. Brendan, what kind of business is that? Well, hopefully that kind of business is some uh, fresh off the press, Julian Love earned five-star reviews. I believe you might be correct. That might be the absolute... That might be the, the nomenclature used tonight, uh, as always. So once again, get on over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. All reviews left over there will be read on the next OFD podcast. And first up tonight, uh, five stars here from Jack47659. er Very refreshing. It's hey, so nice to listen to a podcast that doesn't have the quote-unquote publisher lecture you on football and the quote-unquote Football analyst yell, agreed, like a hype man the whole time. Oh, boy. Love the disagreements and the swearing. Keep up the good work. Hashtag Ohio Pride. Hashtag Go Irish. (laughs) If I could just get all three of you guys to fucking agree with everything I say tonight, (laughs) things would go a lot smoother. I agree. I agree with that. I do. I agree with everything you just said. I, I feel like I, I don't I don't hope I'm not talking out of school too much, but I feel like that one of the things that the general public does not get to uh, enjoy as much as I do on a day in day out basis is Greg absolutely nailing impressions of other podcast hosts in the uh, in the in the DMs that we have during the day. I mean his he has the tone of these guys down perfectly, and I just sit there and just laugh my head off because. He writes these like walls of text that are just very like they're very on brand. You listen to like one or two podcasts from the, from the other guys and then you listen, you, like, you see what Greg says and you're just like, wow, you must consume a lot of this because this is like note perfect. <laughs> I do have a problem. I, that is <laughs> like a, that is, I, I fully I have a problem. Even the podcast I don't want to listen to. I listen to often. Not as often no, as I, I used to, but often. I hate do a lot of things like I'm the one who watched. Uh, Notre Dame Boston College with Flutie rather than uh, with Darius Walker yeah. and Hayes. I but I I have really stopped doing the hate listening podcast action. Like I maybe maybe it's because there's less of them because we're past the college football season. Maybe that's the case. But like one in particular will never probably ever happen again. And the, a couple other ones is like I got better things to do. <laughs> that hate listens to this fucking nonsense because usually it ends up getting me riled up i mean they'll be like you know what fuck this shit and then i'll i'll say something stupid on twitter 
or I'll say something on the po- on the next episode of the podcast, regret it. I'm not as DM me in my thoughts as <laughs> Greg. <laughs> <laughs> I do not keep that shit to a few people. <laughs> Well, one of one of our listeners suggested that we have a hug it out uh, with uh, somebody that we talk about all the time on this podcast, yeah. and I, and I was like, uh, first of all, he's Better blocked me all block. of us on he's blocked all of us on Twitter. So even if he said, <laughs> yeah, was, that would be a gr- great idea. Like we would never see that. My personal so. account was still unblocked up until that day. Like he had blocked <laughs> and then unblocked me. And so when someone says like, oh, he said this outlandish shit, I still use that account to go see the dumbass he said. And then, and then you guys forced his hand. I just said, "Hey, don't." I mean, I, I literally said nothing. I said nothing. If he's blocked, and then I was like, "No, now you're blocked." <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, whatever. Uh, so thank you for that. That uh, yeah, uh, this isn't this podcast is different. We'll just say that. Uh, Five stars here from Eddie James 13. Love the show. Number one, can we get more swearing? Ramp it up a bit. Come on, guys. I don't <laughs> know if legally that's even possible. Uh, number two, not Julian Love five star. Amantai Teo six star. Whoa. Was he the original six or was it Floyd? I thought it was said, Floyd. I think, but yeah, Manti I think coming back in uh, 2012. Yeah. Who, who, wait, who is? How, how do you get to be a six star? I missed this. Well, if you're a kicker, probably, probably had to. I was gonna say you, you go to Cole's kicking camp. Oh. oh, okay, so that. Oh, for sure, I get that. I think I think Sailors hands out the six star. Okay, maybe it is. That's Rubio, not Marco, but Chris. The original six star was Michael Floyd. Yeah. Because Kelly had to recruit him to come back in 2011. Uh, Right? It was 2011 he had to recruit him to come back. That is correct, yes. And then Manti also was a six star because he had to – Manti probably could have jumped after his junior year if he wanted. Um, okay, yeah, so Floyd was the original six star, and then Teo followed suit. Yeah. Okay. Oh, and then so can uh, number three here from Eddie James. You're neglecting the fact about the quarterback next year that the staff should prepare Buckner slash Pine slash Clark so they can play this year, and it doesn't have to look like Brady in 2003. You're neglecting that part of development. We could play younger guys like other schools and just get them ready. That there's that that's a meteor part of the bone there, um, and so uh, speaking of uh, of douchebaggery uh, on another podcast, I caught a lot of shit uh, in certain certain spots of the internet for my Ron Paulus article, which I don't believe ninety percent of the people read, and then no. uh, and then Did not. then the other ones like have absolutely no fucking reading comprehension whatsoever. Because uh, I had heard things about me touting up Apollos over Buckner and a whole bunch of nonsense. And then there are even our own readers, <clears throat> excuse me, that I know read the article, were that it wasn't a big deal. And I'm like, 
I firmly believe the quarterback depth chart one, two, three is a pretty damn big deal. I think that the number two spot in the quarterback depth chart is fucking important as hell. And if, if Brendan Clark is, you know, medically unable to go, like we're worried about this year, maybe that's, maybe that's not going to get any better for, for the year after. And I'm pretty sure Drew Pine's going to bolt for somewhere because it's looking like he has no, no path to, to being a starter that he wants to be. I mean, you're ba- you were left with Tyler Buckner as a starter and then freshman Steve Angeli and sophomore Ron Paulus. And I think with the extra time in the program, Paulus will probably have an edge on Angeli. Even if it's slight, I think going into the season, he'd have an edge. And that makes him important as shit because Buckner ha- doesn't – not like he's had a clean bill of health all through high school. So, yes, it is incredibly important. Whether good or bad, it's an important – that is important. That is a, that is a real possibility. Uh, and just so you know that now is probably a good thing. Like the, it shouldn't start shocking you come, come uh, July of uh, 2022. One of Ian Book's underrated traits was his kind of hardiness. Because before Ian Book, there was who was the only, was there a Notre Dame quarterback that went through an entire season without uh, missing a start before Ian Book under Brian Kelly? Yeah, yeah it was just this last so. year. Tommy Re- Tommy Reese in 2013. Was it was that the that's the list? Is Reese yeah. in 13? Oh, oh Reese Reese did. Back. Like yeah, Reese got Reese got hurt in this USC game, missed the second half, but he came up back and played the, the other. All the, started the other games. Forget about that second half. <laughs> I mean, I mean that but just yeah. that just prepped Andrew Hendricks for his stellar Mac uh, career that he ended up having, which was actually when I looked up the stats, I'm like, these are pretty good fucking stats. I mean, his completion percentage was like below 50, but he still threw for like 3,200 yards and 23 touchdowns and then ran for like another like, shit. What was that? Like six touchdowns and 400 yards. I'm like, that's pretty good. That That's, that's a decent, that's a decent quarterback play in the Mac. Like 48% complete, <laughs> completion. That's, that's fu- it's funny. You bring that up. I, 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 this was like a couple, maybe Last off season or maybe during like the 2019 season or whatever, someone had told me on Twitter that, that Ian book was a Mac level quarterback. And I was like, you go look up Andrew Hendricks stats at Notre Dame and then go look at his stats in the Mac. Like, don't ever say that again. Ever. <laughs> like, like, yeah, he, like, I, he blew. He blew I would gladly take good. Ian Book at uh, at Eastern Michigan for a year. Oh my god. Oh my god. You'd win the MAC. I mean, you'd be undefeated in conference. The MAC no put out some pretty quality. They put out some quality quarterbacks, but right. But the the MAC is won by who has the best quarterback usually. That is absolutely correct. Yeah, like a Logan Woodside or yeah, yeah. If you're if you're good, um, and you have a good quarterback. You know, sometimes it can be a a step below, but with a good, with a good coach helping you along, but it's generally in the Mac, whoever has the best quarterbacks win their conference. Yep. I mean, he was, he went undefeated in conference in the ACC. 
Right. That's what I'm saying. I'd take like, yeah, like don't, for a year. <laughs> people, people like like they like people throw that term around like, oh, he's Mac level. Like, come on. That's I don't think you know what Mac level is. <laughs> I mean, how many Mac level quarterbacks are able to navigate Notre Dame to undefeated regular seasons? Like just Yeah, it's just a, it's a different level. I mean, it's just completely different level. I mean, yeah, well, got I think two of them. Pocket, and I right? think Brendan was onto something. I think it's a besmirching of the Max Good name when you have, I mean, a, I mean, major asshole Ben Roethlisberger, but Matt quarterback, yeah. uh, Byron Leftwich, uh, Charlie Leftwich. Batch, motherfuckers recognize. Uh, I mean, there, there's been uh, what's his nuts from Toledo. Uh, Dan Orlovsky was really good. Oh yeah, Dan Orlovsky was. I think Dan Orlovsky was at UConn. Um, oh, yeah, 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 uh, but. Yeah. The other, the other one that, that played for the, did he play for the Lions too? The kid from Toledo? Polofsky did. Um, I don't know. There was a good one from Toledo that 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 hot out was in the league for a while. <laughs> At any rate, they've had some, they've, they've had some success. So yeah, kind of a smirch the good name there. But to, I mean, to the original point, I mean, yes, Notre Dame, we had. I don't think any one of us here would would argue the fact that yes, Notre Dame does need to do more with the guys behind the starter to get them ready. You know, but there are but there are there's you can put them in. You there's things there's things that you can do for sure. Last year it was a it was a good example of of they could, but really like Brendan Clark suffered an injury. Drew, I'm. I'm t- I am sorry if you are a Drew Pine fan or if you're his family members. Hello. Uh, but he is not going to be uh, the man at Notre Dame at any point. I mean, I, I, I'm not going to throw him out. I'm just – that's a guy who's a transfer candidate just waiting to find his best but spot. You would have said the same thing about Ian Buck in 2016, right? Probably. He wasn't ready as a uh, freshman at his level, having played the competition that he played in high school and his size. He was he was like a child when he was inserted into that. But he when he came into the game against Alabama, I was yeah. uh, and looking at the Alabama players and seeing him with his you know all of what eight nineteen years old, and he looked like he was I, seventeen. I can't disagree with that, Jude. I think you're you're probably right, but I. To be perfectly honest, I mean, I'm basing the Pine thing off of more of roster future than him in itself. And just look, this is the quarterback position at the college football level. These guys ain't sticking around. And I, I did see somewhere else, somewhere where someone was like, well, can't you just, can't you get a, a transfer to come in to what, to be the backup? You, these guys are transferring away from being backups. They're not transferring to a school where they're, where they're fighting to be the backup. I mean, it's just none of that makes sense. Um, well, so, I, I, I don't I mean, know. Josh, not, not, to, not to hammer home this point too much, but if you are, if you're looking at a depth chart of junior Malik Zaire, sophomore Deshaun Kaiser, freshman Brandon right. Wimbush, and sophomore Montgomery Van Gorder, which one of those guys stays as of September of 2015? I don't know. Right. Uh, I don't know. And how. so I think that I think it's really presumptuous but, to say here, anything about Drew Pine. Right, but I'm but I'm I'm fucking certain. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is what this is what I, I mean, would say. I mean, I, I get it, but we're talking about individual basis here, and I think you you know, bringing a book up, yeah, that's a good example, but that's also a giant outlier 
because there are a ton of guys who have left Notre Dame and elsewhere with around the same kind of a thing. You know what I mean? Uh, so stars you know, don't I matter. Wrong, you know, JJ star. I would have been wrong about book and you would have been wrong about Kaiser too. You would have said there's no path for Deshaun Kaiser. Malik Sire's the starter. Brandon Winbush is the up and comer. He's the Buckner. Uh, and so, and not so Kaiser's the man left behind. That's like, uh, 2015? Yeah. Uh, I don't after think I had that. Spring game performance? After because that spring game performance. Zaire, Zaire was going to take, was going was gonna to have one more year. But I, but I also was. And, and then Winbush would take over. But I didn't think that Kaiser was Bolton either. I think Drew Pine will be looking for two players more. After that spring game, you didn't think that he was ready to bowl? He was ready to quit football altogether. He was ready to quit football. He's ready to just leave. Yeah, he was ready to quit football. But I mean, I just, I, I never gave it much. I never gave it much thought or worry about about Kaiser. Then, not to say that I was confident that he was going to do what he did. It just, it honestly just didn't. I don't remember having much of an opinion on it. And I'm not going to sit here four, five, six years later and try to remember an opinion that I didn't have. <laughs> so, right. I guess I'm looking at, I, I, I think that sort of you, speaks, I, I think that sort of speaks to my point, which is you, you don't remember how you felt about it in, in 2015. You remember how you feel about 2021 guys in 2021, which makes sense. But I just think, you I know, what you're saying, trying to yeah. twist it around, but I'm just saying, Drew Pine's not going to start at Notre Dame and he's going to end up transferring because he wants to be a starter somewhere. That's just, this, this is what I would say. That's what's going to happen. This is what I would yeah, say. So I would say, let's see what pine looks like in the spring. Because I remember, because I never thought like, I was like, Josh, like if we had this conversation um, in the spring, like in March before spring ball of 2017, we would have said the same thing about book. But then we saw book and when he played in that spring game was, Oh, he's got a little something like he actually has like a little something going on there. And it was like, he could, I didn't, I honestly, I never did foresee him being the starter at that point, but it was like, he couldn't play. So if drew pine shows anything, and I don't know what that looks like, right? Whatever it looks like, if he shows anything where it's like, Oh, I think he could actually play. Then it's like that's when the wheels start turning in this situation. Like every situation is kind of different, right? Like like the the Deshaun Kaiser one is, is kind of weird because Everett was playing in that in this spring then with Malik. But you kind of knew Everett was moving on like no one really thought like Everett and Malik weren't sticking around. And so one of them was leaving. So Deshaun was going to be the backup. But we knew Wimbush was coming, too. And if Malik doesn't get hurt, I'll bet you Kaiser isn't on the team in yeah, 2016. Right. So it's it's kind of like which is which is why I think you you can't make pronouncements about Drew Pine. Well, but I, 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 sure see I, I see sure from I Josh's point. I see from Josh's point <laughs> I mean, because because I, I see from can. Josh's point because I mean I don't have to base everything off of a certain logic tree. The I mean the, I could. You could have a feeling about something. I feel that that's how it's going to happen. If you I'm look not at like, Josh's, hey, go drop a hundred dollars down in Vegas right now. I'm just saying this is. I think this is what's going to happen. We'll see. Obviously, and there's evidence to, to support exactly what you I guys are you saying. You said you were hundred percent certain. I am hundred percent certain. <laughs> I the am. problem. Okay. The problem for Pine is that 
that Buchner is on campus. Buckner is on campus right now. I'm certain just to like that because everybody else is. I am certain about this. It's called a fucking hunch. People have them. I just feel that this is what's going to happen. We'll see what happens. But I don't believe he's ever going to start a game at Notre Dame. And so if he's not going to start a game at Notre Dame, then he's going to go somewhere else. And that's absolutely fine. That's not, I'm not trying to like knock him around. And I feel like I am here because I'm talking extended about it. But I'm just, this is what goes on in college football. Craig, is it the spring reps that Buckner is going to take from Pine? That has the, the is that is that why Buckner that's being on that's campus? the complication for him is that he has he has the natural person in front of him already. Buckner is going to get that next. It, it, like it would be so hard for like in my opinion, it would be very hard for the coaches just given what's invested in Buckner. You know, like this is Tommy not, Reese's guy. Not to mention, Drew, Drew Pine is not a person at any point where. You know, the guys on the beat that are when they were still able to go to practices had ever looked at Drew Pine as that, that guy could be a star. You never heard a word about it, like nothing. It zips on it. Like it really is silent. No good. Not good. Not bad. It's just silent, which says a lot. And this, the fact, Brendan, again, Brendan Clark's not going to be on the field in the spring, though, right? Yes. Yeah. Right. He so is not it's going to be Jack Cohn. It's going to be Jack Cohn. Drew Pine and Tyler Buckner as the three so quarterbacks. Let, so, so let me break it down like this. And 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 yeah. Wallace, honestly, I, I don't even understand what the whole like you, you, the the beat guys didn't say anything about Drew Pine. What practice where they were at where they could see Drew Pine? There was one practice Ooh, before it got yeah. shut down. True. Okay. No. Yeah. 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 <laughs> got me on that one. Either way, I, look, I'm just saying he's not going to start. He's not going to ever start, which means that he will end up transferring. The, All right, I'll the, take the other side Brent, of that. The point that Brendan and Greg were, were making is the best point of, of all. Number one, they have to get Jack Cohn ready. Jack Cohn has, hasn't been in the system at all. He has been a starter at Wisconsin, but the, the majority of reps in the spring are going to go Jack Cohn's way because they need to get as many reps for him with, his, with Notre Dame's players as they can, spring and fall. The next up is probably going to be Buckner because, I mean, he's got all the physical tools – that's the guy, the guy who hasn't played football in a year, more than a year. Yeah. Okay. I disagree. Well, then you're wrong, but I mean, that's okay. <laughs> Been wrong you, before. You, so Jack, Jack Cohn gets hurt in the first game of the season and, and, and Buckner is the first person to come in. I disagree. I guess we'll find out in the spring. I don't. I, I, th- I think it'll be Buckner. You are. I, here's what I'm, stop inhaling pain. That is, it is a terrible take. That's a terrible take. If it's not. It's not Buckner. It has They're not to doing their be job. Drew Pine. It has to be it's Drew Pine if it's not Buckner. It's not. Right. It has to be. But if if it's not Buckner, they're not they're not doing their job at develop. And I think Greg what, what, did did Brendan Clark just for, cease to exist too? I, I've got Clark, Clark and Pine well, before he, Buckner. He's all he's all season. He's not going to be ready to go in the spring. Um, Pine has more game experience than Clark. There's right? questions about Clark not being able to go at all this season, Jude. Which if if Brendan if Brenda Clark was ready to go this season, he's he honestly would be my number two behind Jack Cohn. I mean, he could but push because, Jack Cohn if he was ready yeah, to go. He's been exactly. But there, but believing there's worries that that Clark may not be ready to go this season. I don't know. I mean, that's that's just a few th- drops that I heard, which I which I haven't heard anything on the contrary from that. So that's why Clark is, you know, not dropped out of my picture, 
but just been like, that's not, that's not a, I can't, I can't say his name. He's not going to have any spring. And if it, if his medical condition or his injury or whatever is going to hold him back even more towards fall, he's not going to be a factor at all. It's he, it's, which is the only reason why Drew Pine got snaps in games last year over Clark because Clark's hurt. Hmm. Interesting. Act and I mean that's the, the big domino effect. Anyways, is all it all revolves around Clark. I mean whether I think the just recruiting Ron Paulus, just signing him to a scholarship is because of Clark. So, I mean, they they were going to go out and get a go get a transfer quarterback regardless, I think, and then have Clark and the transfer quarterback battle it out would have been the plan back before injury, I would think, or maybe not, but I would, eh, I, I would still lean towards them going out to try to get the best quarterback available on the market that, that they could get. So just to be clear, you're betting on the guy who had two high school seasons and an ACL injury being the second, the backup quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I think you're that, dead wrong. He's that much better physically as a quarterback than Drew Pine. Okay. If he wasn't, if he wasn't enrolled in spring, I wouldn't have that same opinion, but now he's, but he's going to get a, what we hope is a full spring practice, you know, a a full spring load, you know, of learning the offense, which, you know, no one got last year. I just, I, he's got, he's got more to him. If, if Buckner isn't pushing the number two or not the number two come, uh, Come that game against Florida State, not only would I be surprised, but I think we're in a world of fucking trouble. Hmm. So, and that's that's my take on that. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, shit. So, speaking of uh, delicious takes, you know. Notre Dame may not play a freshman quarterback because apparently they don't play freshman wide receivers either. <laughs> I've heard that. Oh, just from the all in, huh? No, obviously. obviously are we talking? Uh, we ta- we talking about real snaps or or just snaps? <laughs> we talking about we talking about real catches or just catches? I'm very confused. Like, does the Greg, you want to explain what, what we're what we're riffing on yeah. here? Um, there's been some, I said it on, I said it on our podcast, the tilting ground, uh, untitled Notre Dame, you and D football podcast, everyone tune in. So basically there's, and and you guys, and you guys know this every off season, there's something that the fan base gets on, right? I love that you made that point on the, on the untitled. Cause you were at, when, when I was listening to that, I'm like, absolutely fucking right. It's always the one thing. Whether it it's and it's zeroed in on and everybody magnifies it, right? And, and, and it just on. becomes like it just becomes fact. Like it, there's no there's never it just accepted. And and I don't understand why it's like accepted that um, Notre Dame won't play their freshman wide receivers and and it's just kind of like there's there's. You know, someone said, oh, it's eight players in 11 years. That's nothing to hang a hat on. It's like, well, I'm not hanging my hat. I'm just like you just said, it's eight players. So 
can we, we don't need to talk about it anymore. Like we've conceded the point. It's eight players. Let's move on. So like, my, I, my question to you, Greg, is this: is, <laughs> is one of the things that one of the things that that was is brought up a lot is other teams can get their freshmen on the field and, and get a lot of production out of them. Okay, so who are these players? Who are these freshmen that are that are getting six, seven hundred yards in a season elsewhere? Alabama and um, are they uh, though? Clemson was Devontae Smith? Uh, yes, Al- uh, Devontae Smith I mean, was a project. But um, Alabama has played their fair share of freshman wide receivers throughout the years to great effect. What are we talking about? Notre Dame being on the receiving end of one in 2012. Um, Yeah, Alabama has. Alabama's pretty much the – they're it. They're the ones who are doing it every year. Justin Ross at Clemson is a no-brainer. But, I mean, let's look at Justin Ross for a moment. Uh, He's a fucking stud. Like yes. hands down stud. He's not just some fucking random freshman. And a no. lot of these teams that are, ha- I, I would say a majority of the teams that have a freshman that balls out for them are teams yeah. that are not battling to try to make a college football playoff. No, no. I mean, it's a Maryland, right? Maryland had a freshman wide receiver who lit it up this year. Um, for the record, Amari Cooper was kind of good for Alabama in 2012. I remember him having a little bit of success. Um, I'm in Rossing, bro. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. He, he's, at USC. he's good. At, uh, Calvin Ridley at Alabama had a yes. uh, thousand yard season. He was very good. Um, who else? Did, I know Alabama's had uh, a few more. Jerry Judy uh, had a pretty good. No, not really. Henry Ruggs and Jerry I don't think Judy he had a good freshman teams. year, though, did he? Uh, he was the second leading receiver for whatever that's where he didn't get a ton. Jalen Waddle had 848 as a freshman at Alabama in 2018. That's pretty good. Um, and we're talking about Bama here. Let's we're talking Bama, man. <laughs> we're talking Bama. That's well, it. That's I think I think that we are having a. It's a separate it. conversation. For one, yeah. It's it, this conversation is separate, right? Like right. I said on the other pod, like if if Jordan Johnson had had a role similar to Kevin Stefferson. Or if he had had a role, even even the Chris Brown role, right? Even if he had had that, no one would yeah, say yeah. anything. No one would have anything to say. It, it just it's just that they never got him to the point where he did had any impact in a game. Or even the and, Kevin Austin role. Or even the exactly like they tried to get Kevin Austin involved, which I went over. Like with Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin on the team, they tried to get Kevin Austin involved. But like 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 Brennan said, like Brennan said, of, of he's. He will bring it up just about every time. Won't you? Won't you be? Like we did not have a spring practice last year, and we had a kind of a dipshit around fall camp because of COVID. There wasn't a there wasn't a whole lot of time, a whole lot of reps for freshmen to get to get their skis on to impress the coaches or to show what they got. And yeah, you could just throw them out in the game, and that's fine. And they did. Jordan Johnson got out there. He also he got out there and he pissed the coaches off. By being a dick and punching somebody. I mean, that, I mean, I'm sorry, but that if you're a coach, that shit don't fly with. How, how much do you blame on the social media team putting Jordan Johnson on in everything? every single fall <laughs> package reel that they I, released I, to I get, a media that was starved for no, any? So listen, listen. I just got Sydney, I believe, to be a, to be a listener to the OFT podcast. 
So I am not going to lay too much blame on the social team on that one. No, 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 no. But can highlight catches, but yeah. But, but I mean, I had a lot. Jude, did you not say Jordan Johnson to be the leading receiver last year or second leading? I said Kevin Austin, but um, oh, I said Kevin yeah, Austin. it was Austin. <laughs> yeah, but you, well, I just used Jordan Johnson as as uh, offensive MVP a couple times, though, right? Going into a game on a prediction. Oh, God, yeah, oh, God, yes. I was yes, his, yes. very bad at that, though. So and, I don't know. And had you not seen those amazing clips from fall camp. You wouldn't have, I don't believe you'd have that impression in your head that this kid's ready to be on the field. Well, and I follow, I follow, I follow this guy, Greg on, on Twitter, Greg, 21, 26. And he had some, <laughs> he had some clips of Jordan Johnson that had really impressed me. So, oh, wait, he's on this podcast. <laughs> I think we could all agree. I think we could all agree that the Jordan Johnson situation last year probably could have been handled a little differently. Do you want to By talk Jordan about Johnson? Really? Sure. How differently and how much better the results would have been are completely up in the air. I'll tell you whose fault it is if we want to talk about fault. It's Brian Kelly's fault. Yeah. Because – and it's not because he didn't play him or it's because of the other thing. It's because – and Brian Kelly does this. He says things in press conferences that he shouldn't. And – when they lose to Clemson in 2018, he says things like, we need more explosive players. We need to get the guys like Clemson has when he has Chase Claypool and Miles Boykin on his team. So he says those things. So then what happens, right? He signs Jordan Johnson and then he doesn't play Jordan Johnson. Now, look, if you don't play him, then you don't play him, right? Maybe there's a good reason for it. Maybe Jordan Johnson was messing up. Maybe he couldn't pick up things. Maybe there are a, a bunch of like legit reasons that if we were all there, we'd be like, yeah, I understand. But the problem is, is that there's the quote that we like, need that's what gets this. Trouble. That's the problem. It's the same thing with the top five recruiting uh, class thing. Yep. But, it's but like, the, you, but the underlying – Go ahead. The underlying pro- the underlying issue though is that is this is that Brian Kelly's in trouble for saying those things, but Brian Kelly is not afraid to put a freshman wide receiver out there. He is not. That's the thing. That that's the point. That is the, that is the point where fans are quick to say he doesn't play the freshman, and he fucking does. It has done it in the past quite a bit. It's a it's up to the player about how they perform. He can't go out there and do the things for him. They have to do, do things. Kevin or uh, Kevin Stefferson did the fucking thing. Looked amazing. And everything that happened to Kevin Stefferson was Kevin Stefferson's fault. Good and bad. From, I think the thing that, that bought me out the most about the, you know, the debate that Greg found himself embroiled in was that, you know, he was making a point when you, when you make sweeping generalizations, like Brian Kelly never does X and then I go and do the research and show you that Brian Kelly actually does X. You can't then subsequently j- change the goalposts and say, well, but, but my standard of X is different than your standard. Like if you say they never play, then you, you damn well better not have you a know, guy who had multiple catches and multiple games. You know what I mean? Like, Jude, and then you know why you they say, say oh, well, you know why fans do that? Yeah. Cause you it's, a, it's a common make- t- tactic and arguing when you're, when you're wrong, you just move the right, goalposts. But- 
but there's a specific reason why fan, why Notre Dame fans make these general wide sweeping blanket statements. They are not used to having a coach for over five fucking years. Yeah. So that, you know, you could put all the blame on things like with Weiss and Davey and Willingham very easily because you didn't have all this other data behind. Brian Kelly has been here a long fucking time now. And so you can't make wide sweeping statements other than that. Brian Kelly wins a lot of football games. That's, I mean, that's about the only thing you can say. Other than that, there are contradictions all over. There are seasons where this happens and then a season where a different thing happens, but fans are so used to this, the short term coach life that they're not, Notre Dame fans aren't used to uh, dealing with their emotional problems <laughs> uh, <laughs> on this scale because Brian Kelly's been there so long. They just they they have a they have a thought they they thought of something of Brian Kelly in year two, and in year ten they still think that's true even though it's not remotely true. You know what I'm saying? Like it's never changed for them. And I just want to say like this I, I think it. You know, our, our institutional memories are not as good as we think um, and sometimes rely on. And sometimes it, it would take it would behoove us all to take five seconds before we before we tweet. I, I'm today's the five year anniversary of me on of re- replying to Pete Sampson's announcement of the freshman year numbers of Kevin Stefferson being 29 and saying, huh, a receiver in the 20s. I don't think I've ever seen that before. Do you know how? Do you know how murdered I got within forty-five seconds of that tweet how, being up? Uh, I mean, it should have. Yeah. You should have been crucified for that one. Yeah, the and that's the thing. <laughs> that's the thing. Is like, you know, okay. So, so you looked over Golden Tate. That's that's problematic. Most yeah. of all, anyone else have know? Yeah. Javen Hunter. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, like this, 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 that, that was bad, right? But. You know, you just you, you sit there and you and you say things like, "I can't remember a freshman wide receiver making an impact for Notre Dame," and then you say that, and then somebody says, "Well, actually, I took the five seconds to do the research, which Greg did, and it was great because it was like it was really broken down pretty well." And well, like saying that the media didn't say anything about Drew Pine, and he's like, completely forgot they hadn't fucking seen him at all." <laughs> and then I mean, somebody comes happened. back and says, "You know." Uh, well, uh, that's not. I mean, that's not significant. Or, and you know what? If there w- if there was a guy that would have had, I don't know, twenty catches or whatever, they would have said, "Well, besides that guy, you know." And, and besides that's, the thing, that's dumb. Yeah, besides the thing, because people are always like, "Oh, if you take out, if you take out, uh, you know, this guy's worst game, or if you take out his his eighty nine yard rushing touchdown, he only had a hundred yards on the on the on the day or whatever." It's like, yeah, but he did have an eighty nine yard rushing touchdown, so you can't really take that out. <laughs> this is this is what like it all boils down to like the same theme. So it's like all of the like all of the themes that are hit in the preseason. It's all the same kind of deal. None of it counts if it doesn't lead to a championship. Yep. Nothing counts. So, like, and people have a hard time. People have a hard time saying they could have done better here, but in the grand scheme, they they ended up as well as they probably could have and should have. It's 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 like. It's like the whole thing. Like I actually went and made a point to like tweet this out because I 
talk a lot about like RPOs. Like I don't understand why they didn't run RPOs. I really don't. I don't understand the quarterback why they didn't. Who can run them really well. That was the whole reason he was the quarterback in 2018. Like that was the reason. He was better the at RPOs reason. than than Brady Wimbush. It was the reason. And so, and then it's like if you're going to be a run heavy team, then naturally we're going to run play action a lot. And they actually ran play action the least that they have in the last three seasons. I don't understand that. Okay. So I tweet about it a lot and I talk about it a lot and people then take that to say, well, this is the problem with X and this is why X like, no, 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 no. I'm just talking about like, this is how I think they can get better as a team. Notre Dame did as well as they could have done last year or should have done reasonably. How many, how many games did they lose in the regular season? They lost none. Yes. Okay. There you go. They, so and, they, did, and, they did okay. And it's like, yeah, you know, but they did struggle in the first half against North Carolina in Boston College. And we're going to ignore the second half. The struggle is when they decided to replace uh, uh, Kyle Hamilton with DJ Brown in the second half against North Carolina. And then they <laughs> played better. Very true. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> What was your favorite long pass play after uh, on his birthday? No less on his birthday. I, do you guys have fire insurance? I had, I had to throw that in for Craig. I had to. Do you guys have fire insurance? I mean, how many touchdowns? I mean, what was your favorite touchdown scored on Kyle Hamilton in the last two years? Um, well, there's the, um, what, what, um, uh, I don't, there, yeah, because there's a zero. That's a zero next there's to that name. Zero? Yeah, yeah. I saw that stat and uh, it brought me great joy. Yes, it's a fun stat. It's it name safety. I enjoyed it. <laughs> I don't. Was it the, uh, the was a guy from the Ravens talk about PFF being lame today on Twitter? <laughs> I enjoyed that. I think the problem with PFF is they, they, they have their lane and then they get out of it. So they, they, they they take their grades and then take it to like the next step. But it's like, no, 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 you just stay right there. Like just give us your commentary. Yeah. Like give us your grades. Give us the math. Yeah. Just give us the grade. Like we graded this, the end, like that's it. And, but instead they say, you know, Ian Book is the ex quarterback, like ex ranked quarterback, because we graded him out this way. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, that's not how that works. It's just that stay Anthony there. Trash, the Anthony Trash is, my, is the the one that does it the most. And the best was like the kid's like twenty two. He's like, this is the best thing I've seen in my entire life. <laughs> Jude, you remember what that was that we were dunking on so hard last year? No, I don't. No, I he, don't. He made some some statement it was, about this. It was, was about, about North Carolina. Clarence Clarence Lewis after one game was like. No, no, no. Was it? Was it? Was it the Clarence Lewis thing? Okay, that was the coach. The North Carolina rushing attack. Man, something. Man. It was just like the dude's been. I've been. I've, I've doubled this guy up on age. Like how? How do you? How are you trying to make this? definitive statement and including like that you've ever seen like that's not going to sell a whole lot of people when you're, when you're <laughs> oh you're right 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, this may be the best. You're talking to a small amount of people. This may be the best offensive line I've ever seen. And it's like, uh, well, they did win the Joe Moore Award like three years, four years ago now. So maybe (laughs) not. 23 years old. You've seen a lot of football. (laughs) Were you grading kids at uh, the age of 14? That's been a that's been a reckoning for me lately. Is like when people, you know, we're we're. We're hearing a lot more from people who whose fandom of Notre Dame goes back to like Weiss era, you know. And so when they're saying things like "you guys, you should play all," you know, "you should just play all the freshmen," and you know, everybody else should sit, and we this should be a developmental year. I'm like, I, I feel like I've just been a Notre Dame fan long enough to see something sort of like so, that. So which and one annoys work. you more, guys? Which one annoys you more? That fan there, that that really only goes back to like maybe the. Weiss, Willingham, Davier, the somewhat, or the guys that go back to like, if it's not 1988, it is nothing. Uh, that person, because because at least I mean, at least you don't know what you don't know. And I don't have like if you're a college student and you're you're watching Notre Dame football now. Not only are you absolutely blessed to be in the greatest era of Notre Dame football, last 30 years and growing up in the best time for Notre Dame, you know, than any of us. Into a ranked opponent. Yeah, absolutely phenomenal time to be an Notre Dame fan. But I can understand, like, I remember being 20. And I remember having big thoughts <laughs> during the Weiss era. Um, but it, it's the old guys that just refuse to acknowledge anything after 1988 happened. Or could uh, be well, good. They will acknowledge 1993. But no one, no one acknowledges the 1994 season. Uh, and that ended in the Fiesta Bowl. <laughs> I think Jude's the only one that has balls big enough to bring keep bringing up that season. Well, that season's the, that season's the cause of Notre Dame's bowl curse. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it, it's the it is an ultimo curse, right? Six four and yeah. one in the Fiesta Six, Bowl. Four, one in the Fiesta Greek bowl. jerseys. Part of the reason why uh, people say that Notre Dame's overrated and they go, they're always overrated and they get all all of the everything. And you can't argue against that one. Yeah. You, can't, you can't argue about it. Yeah. I mean, that, that was, was a, that should have been a Liberty Bowl invite. Liberty Bowl. Well, the standard of Notre Dame at the time that should have been a bowl decline, right? Remember when Notre Dame used to decline bowls that weren't up to their standard? That Which was the thing. most ridiculous. Which is the most ridiculous uh, thing? Absurd. Yeah. Absurd. It's like uh, when, uh, when 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 IU would decline uh, NIT bids uh, in basketball. Which didn't somebody recently decline an I, uh, NIT bid? Um, it was a blue blood, right? Was it? Uh, was it Indiana? They didn't just dec- decline it. Was it um, Kentucky? Didn't Kentucky just decline I, a uh, NIT bid? That sounds about right. We'll we'll roll with it. Hilarious. <laughs> I, um, it's just yeah, it, 1994. What a what a dream. But yeah, St. Hall and St. John's apparently they declined bids. St. Hall and St. John's did yeah, and then Louisville said they would if they were offered. Hmm. Well, you know, was Louis was Louisville one of the first four out though? I, I think uh, they no, were. I wasn't. I, I you're. I, I don't know. I'm out of. Uh, I, just like PFF, I'm out of my lane right now. 
I'm I'm gonna go back in my yeah, life. I all I know is that uh, Louisville got the exact same seed Notre Dame did in the NCAA tournament, and I can live with that. <laughs> that made, that made me happy that Louisville Drive Time Radio uh, was gonna have to deal with that one. Yeah, the sport that they uh, care the most about. <laughs> But at least Rick Pitino didn't make the uh, the field, right? Oh wait, guys, Rick Pitino didn't make it, right? Yeah, yeah. Wait. The Ionia, the Ionia uh, hospitality services and hotel industry was popping this year. (laughs) Uh, What are we going to move on to next? I, I mean. Where were we? You want at? to talk about recruiting because I think some thing we there have been recruits signed since we last chatted, uh, right? And um, there's some news coming down the pipe, maybe. Yeah. So, okay, so let's talk about the the commitment uh, that Notre Dame does have on the board. Um, and from I don't, I don't even know if this is from Greg Zeck of the Woods or not. How, how far away is Corona from you? Uh, it's a good distance. I mean, it's my neck of the woods. Um, you know, it's, it's, I mean, yeah, it depends what Southern kind of Cal, day. Though, right? Oh yeah, for sure. Southern, it's a couple yeah, hours. Yeah. yeah. Okay. It's on yeah, the way so, to San Bernardino. So four star. That's where Javon McKinley is from, right? It, yeah. Same school. Yes. Four star cornerback, Jaden Mickey, uh, who is a, he's been in contact with uh, Terrell Lambert. Uh, and from what I gather, uh, Lambert couldn't have been uh, a worse recruiter because it seems like he talked a lot about uh, being depressed about South Bend's weather <laughs> from, from the thing that I read. It's like, no, man, you don't shh, shh, quiet. Uh, but it's a, this, this is a big this is a big commitment. This is uh, I mean, yeah, he's not a top 250 guy. I think 24 seven has him as 261. He's close enough. Yeah. Uh, you watch a tape. I think Priester says he's concerned about his speed. I don't think speed's what I'm too worried about. Uh, plus, this kid's got some pretty good length right now. Listen, they don't list anybody at like a half and a half. Like, like, like it's rare to see the uh, the and half on uh, recruits. But he has the five eleven and a half, so he could still grow more into that frame. I mean, we're still talking about a guy with some <clears throat> good length. I liked what I saw. I know Greg said that he liked him a lot more uh, after looking at him. So, Greg, what what's your thoughts on Mickey? I don't have any concerns. I don't. I don't like. I don't. I don't really know why we have to have any concerns about these guys. Like, is is he? Sometimes you just see a guy and you're like, okay, he can play. I. I the thing I like about him is that everyone goes out of their way to point out it's just sophomore film. Um. So when I watch him, I see someone who just knows how to cover and you can kind of tell like he, he has little like tricks. Like he knows, he knows how to cut a receiver off when they've kind of gotten a jump on him a little bit. He knows how to get in the hip. He knows how to make a play on a ball and kind of go through a receiver without like creating a penalty um, it, that's just like instinctual. I know how to cover people 
kind of thing. He's always he uses his body really, really well. Yeah, like he's impressed. Like he knows how to use leverage. He knows how to use um, just his hands, when to use his hands, when not to use his hands, when to play the ball. It's like when you see that stuff, it's like, okay, he knows how to play corner. He's good at it. And he has a like an attitude about him, which you always want to see. It's like he's not someone who like like Robert – uh, or like Ryan Barnes, right? Like he was Ryan Barnes played like a lot of his yeah. own. So it's like you're kind of projecting. I like. Don't get me wrong. I like Ryan Barnes a lot. Um, but it, it's like when you see Mickey, it's like okay, he's a sophomore. I don't know how fast he is. Doesn't really matter. He's impressed and he's running with this guy who's going to USC. So you know, I don't have a concern. I don't care what he runs or what he ran as a sophomore. I, the only concern I have is like, is he going to pan out? Is he going to be able to make the plays in the next level? Like, that's it. Honestly, I, I don't have like a negative thing to say about this kid. Is he playing this? Is he playing now? Is he playing in this um, California yes. spring season? I think so. Yeah. yeah. I think they have yeah, like six is. games or something. Do, and I guess a question for you, cause you live in, live in California. Are they going to double up? their seasons this year are, are they going to try and do a spring and then roll over into a fall yeah because the spring is it's like very much Truncated. not a full schedule yeah. yeah it's like six games so are they going to play are they going to play a full fall season or are they going to truncate that as well i i almost guarantee they're going to play a full one okay it's california a, though i wouldn't give any guarantee it, yeah. yeah but 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 the point is though is like it's California, yes, but it's like, like we're gonna like for I, I imagine next fall we're gonna be like fully open, no hybrid. Okay. So, and if that's the case, like foot, like California is is liberal in its politics, but conservative in its football. If that makes sense. So. Like if they get the green light, the they're gonna go. Gonna let them, the next governor's gonna let. Them. <laughs> well, I, I don't think like I don't think Newsom will. But my point is, is like if if you're not in hybrid, think, if you're not in yeah. hybrid, then what what like yeah. the government won't be involved. And if so it's, it's up not to like CIF, it's not like Kentucky allowing that to go back for a fifth year in high school to play football. It would be a rat, it would be rat poison in uh in to to try and stop football again if they have people in yeah yeah like cif wouldn't do that okay yeah so the thing about the just like an overall like look at at mickey's uh commitment notre dame just from like a a roster standpoint is that notre dame's loading up now can't say that they're loading up with you know a bunch of four or five stars that i know that's a lot of what people but body wise so i think he's the fifth Six, yeah, the last couple, add him to the last two classes. So you got Clarence Lewis, who's a starter. Yeah. So when Mickey gets gets here in 22, Lewis will be a junior who should be a two-year starter uh, going into his junior year. Uh, Caleb Offord, Ramon Henderson, Ryan Barnes, Chance Tucker. Chance Tucker is another one that's playing ball right now in in California. Uh, Philip Riley and Jojo Johnson, who Jojo – Joe cubed. Yeah. Uh, I'm absolutely in love with right now. Um, so we're, the numbers are starting to add up. Cornerback was really light there for a minute, like really light. Uh, and now you start to see them add to it. And 
just the secondary in general, like they're looking like maybe like three safeties and another corner, maybe two corners in this class from what I, from what I could tell, which is a lot. Like, and if you think that's a lot, wait till we start talking about linebackers. Like, yeah. There's a, there's a, so there's the a load early up. returns on, on Mickens is good then, right? Cause if you look at the quality of players, like the, I love the cornerbacks that Mickens brought in last year and it looks like he's off to a hot start again. And well, Mickens, got, one, Mickens got a freshman to play well enough to be a starter. Uh, right. And, and a lot of, a lot of, um, a lot of bluster was made for Lance Taylor being kind of the, the positional coach hired to, to, to amp up recruiting when he was brought in. But if you look at it, it, might actually be Mickens is the guy because if you look at those two positions in particular before Mickens and Taylor were hired running back and cornerback were easily the two least recruited in terms of like high level talent I mean, I mean who, and who Mickens the got numbers too numbers that he you're not going to get at running back but right. I mean like Taylor Tyree Diggs Estime who I absolutely fucking adore yeah, and then Jadarian yeah. Price that, and, you're, and you're still probably lining yourself up for another running back in this class, um, from what I can tell. So Taylor's doing his job. He's doing he's doing his job. No, no, I'm not saying he's not, but I'm I'm just saying that Mickens, for what the position has been recruited at over yes. basically the last twenty years, he's just been killing it. Comparatively speaking. We're still not getting uh, you know, a five star. Uh, cornerback, but I don't know if that player comes to Notre Dame. Does he? I mean, it, it's going to depend on on the, a lot of factors. Like, like uh, a, what was supposed to do that? Well, I mean, like a Jadarian Price. That's a, that's a Notre Dame fit, and you know that gets said a lot. But there's a lot of truth behind. You know, is the kid going to fit at Notre Dame? They don't have to worry about Zom Hall anymore. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Paul wasn't even that. <laughs> but I mean, you got to think that class there, Paulson Adebo and Elijah Hicks. Yeah. I mean, that, uh, so, so they're pretty close. <laughs> they're, yeah. They had both guys committed. Or shoes and hand grenades, though. So we'll see. But the, Mickens does seem to be doing his job. Uh, I, I like what he's doing on the field. Um, I think we're going to see. You know, we're really going to see that. I think this year, you know, because if Tariq Bracey doesn't doesn't step it up, uh, then I think you know there's going to be uh, massive issues uh, trying to figure out who amongst all these other names here are going to be able to to really step in. Which uh, this isn't recruiting per se, uh, but we'll stay on the top. But there's still talk about Notre Dame going out and getting a grad transfer. In the secondary, Greg, do you think they're gonna they're still gonna end up doing that? Um, we still have spring ball to get around. People are gonna. That's where I mean, we didn't get Nick McLeod until what June or May or something like that. Yeah, he was late. Yeah, I think he so, was I mean, post spring. Time to get there's still time to get guys. Do you think they will? So th- let's just circle back and then because it kind of leads to the answer to this question. So not just that you know, Mickens is doing a good job because he is. But when you look at the types of corners that brought in, so you have Chance Tucker, who is fast, 
And it's like, okay, he could play man. Philip Riley played a lot of press man in high school. Um, <clears throat> Ryan Barnes, not so much. The Jojo Johnson, he's the type of guy, okay, he could play man. Um, and then you look at Jaden Mickey. It's like you bring him in to play man, man coverage. So, so then you look at the people who have experience. Now, Clarence Lewis, he showed the ability to, you know, play man last year, right? Like get his hands on the ball. Um, pretty good instincts there. So he's a press guy. Prodigy, one might say. Right. Exactly. You know, best you've ever seen. Um, yeah. Tariq Bracey, like that's an open question, right? He, he's played man, but he's more of an off man type. Um, and he's not super physical. So like that might be difficult for him. And then you look at like Caleb Offord and Ramon Henderson, who they were 2019, correct? Is that right? Yeah. So yeah, they'll, they'll be, so they're pre Mickens. Yeah, right. they're going to be juniors in 2022. Yeah, so rises a freshman. Right, so they weren't recruited by by Mickens, and they weren't recruited by um, they weren't recruited by or for the Marcus Freeman defense. So they really need to show something, and they probably need to show that they can play man, which they probably weren't recruited to do because that's not really Clark Lee, right? Like he'll play off and he'll play a lot of zone. Right. So they need to show something. So to answer the question, will they bring in someone, whoever they bring in, probably needs to play man. It needs to be able to I play gotta, man. I got a list of names that they, that they okay. can bring in. And the and this this is not significant and meaning like I ha- this isn't my list. This is what's left in the transfer portal at corner, starting at the top and moving my way down. And just gonna lay a few names off. Uh Darion Kendrick, corner from Clemson. Uh, Brendan Radley Hiles, corner from Oklahoma. Um, corner uh, Caleb Ford Demet from Old Dominion. Uh, and then you are going further down, Nigel Knott from East Carolina. I mean, it's the, I I knew who Nick McLeod was before he transferred. Like I knew of Nick McLeod and knew what he was doing yeah, at NC can. State. The only one that I just read off, I know two of them, is the first two. I know Kendrick, just because he's Clemson. And I know Radley Hiles, because Notre Dame recruited recruited him very – I mean, he was one of the losses to Oklahoma. Like, Notre Dame has those annual, like, couple losses to Oklahoma for no reason. Right. Especially on defense. This yeah. was one of them. Um, so, of the two, Clemson fans don't seem too upset about Kendrick leaving. And Oklahoma fans can't get Radley Hiles out of, out of Norman fast enough. And those are those are your two high, high most highly rated guys. So, I mean, the guy the guy that we lost out on was a was Kenyatta Watson going from Texas back to Georgia Tech. We brought him up. Yep. Before. Notre Dame was a major player in his recruitment, right. but he had committed to, he had transferred to Georgia Tech like shit long long time ago. Um, so there's. Not a lot on the board right now. That's not to say after spring ball for all these other teams, you won't see 20 or 30 more, especially if with uh, if I'm guessing April is when we're going to find out for for sure about the uh, yeah, immediate about the eligibility. 
Yeah, I think you add end of spring ball plus an immediate eligibility, you're probably going to see a, a, a nice little rush to the portal. Because, you know, these guys will put their names out there to see what happens. They can still stay with their team. Yeah. You know, like Houston Griffith did. And you will also see a lot of a lot of players at smaller schools that they have instant eligibility. They'll look at a program like Notre Dame and they'll think that they'll be able to get better exposure. Um, so if and when that goes through that first year that there is immediate eligibility after transfer, it's going to be a little wild west, kind of like the transfer portal has been recently. And I think the transfer portal after this year is going to start to normalize a little bit because what the transfer portal is now is not something that can be maintained. There's there's kids who are going to end up starting this season not enrolled at a university because they entered into the transfer portal and their schools moved on. So, and that's gonna be sad. Yeah, it's, it's good. Well, it's gonna be dicey for for a few years. For I mean, I think before everybody gets the hang. Yeah, I think coaches, I think it's gonna take coaches, some time for people to coaches and players. I mean, it's just it's gonna take a minute. If I was Marcus Freeman and I had Kyle Hamilton for one season, I would not and, – and I had the opportunity to like find a corner who was like, okay, um, so then I have two corners who that I can play and I don't have to worry about like having Kyle having to protect one of these guys. I want to be able to use Kyle the way I want. And if I had that chance, I would do it. That's why I say. Well, yeah, because – I mean, especially now that Jack's moved on. I mean, Kyle Hamilton is your number one playmaker on defense. Right. He's 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 it. He is the playmaker. So you have to be able to put him in position to make those plays. He has to have more than one interception this season. You know, I mean, but a lot of that, a lot of that was you know, and we bitched about it last season. We thought Lee blitzed Hamilton too much. Yep. You know, you, you got him, you got him on one side of the field. I mean, and that's, um, and Soft as Jude will always point out, they're throwing around him and they're at, he's absolutely right. I mean, they're, if he's on one side of the field, you're throwing the other side of the field. So Kyle Hamilton is null and void. Uh, so you got to figure out a better way on, on how to use him. I think, I think that was the, one of the few critiques of the Clark Lee defense as good as it was. I think there could have been, you know, some more playmaking ability, playmaking coming from Kyle Hamilton had they done things maybe just a little bit differently. And maybe, I mean, maybe that's just hindsight's 2022. I, you know, I'm not, I'm not going to over criticize Clark Lee for God's sakes. He did a great job in Notre Dame, but yeah. that was a little frustrating to see one of your best playmakers rarely come up with a, with a, not rarely. I mean, he just, he did not have like a, an all American type season at safety with the highlights. If you get what I'm saying. Right, and the and the the problem is is that the the other guys were welcome options for the for the offense. It's like, yeah, I'll I'll pick on Sean Crawford. I'll pick on Tariq Bracy. Sure, Clarence Lewis. Yeah, yeah, I'll pick on Clarence Lewis. No problem. Prodigy, right? Prodigy, right? So, but the, the so but that's the point I'm making is like so. I, I obviously think a lot about this. So you think about like, um, <laughs> you, you think about like, you think about like Ed Reed, yeah. right? He played safety his senior year. He played, uh, he got 10 picks, right? So the corner um, who started, 
on one side was Philip Buchanan, who got picked in the first round. In the corner on the other side was Mike Rumpf, who got picked in the first round. And then ahead of him, right, you like like have that like Vince Wilfork and um, Jonathan Vilma and all a bunch of talented guys, right? So the point is, is that and Sean Taylor, same thing. He had ten picks his senior year too. And and the point is, is that there are no welcome options there. And so it kind of becomes like like those guys are kind of unavoidable because we have to avoid everybody. There are, there's no, there's no real good way to do, we need to go about this. And so that frees those guys up to truly play center field and to really take chances. And, and Notre Dame did not have that last year. Right. And so that's why it's like, I kind of understand Clark Lee wanting them to, to blitz Kyle just because like, they're going to throw away from him. So let's see if we can get him just to the quarterback. I kind of get it. I, 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 it's not what I wanted. Like I liked it when they blitzed Kyle to stop the run, not to, not to stop the pass. Right. Um, but you know, so the, the, the point is, is like, if I'm Marcus Freeman, you want to build up the rest of your defense so that Kyle can just be free. Right. He doesn't have to he doesn't have to be covering for anyone. He can just do what he wants, because that's when he's at his best. You know, the the pick six he had against Phil that he dropped, unfortunately, and it broke my heart like that's him. He is not responsible for anything. It's like, hey, I'm reading slant on the other side of the field, so I'm just going to go and he's going to throw it right to me. And he did. And I dropped it. And Greg cried for 12 hours, you know, so <laughs> that that's what you well, want from Kyle. Well, speaking of cry, there might be some tears of joy today on St. Patrick's Day, speaking of recruiting, because I think I mean, I'm pretty sure every Notre Dame recruiting site has about 15 stories just ready to get published. I I, I don't even have a shell. <laughs> I don't even have a shell yet. Um, but uh, outside linebacker Joshua Burnham. Expected to commit on St. Patrick's Day, which is also his birthday. Um, he is the 85th ranked player overall uh, from 24-7 sports, 115th on the composite. Um, he's really good. He's really good. Uh, 6'4", 215. The kid can play some football. Uh, but we're all expecting him to commit. And honestly, this time last year, we were just, you know, like dumbfounded about what was going on with linebacker recruiting, like absolutely dumbfounded. And Carter Carls uh, was as dumbfounded as well. This year, it's like it's a different situation where it's there is a lot of names that are that they're hot and heavy on on the trail. Luckily for us, uh, we're gonna get a really good one soon, and that's gonna and that's today. Uh, if you're depending on what time you're listening to this podcast, and that's Joshua Burnham who will, will um, pair up with another Michigan linebacker who I believe his birthday is on St. Patrick's Day as well, Nolan Ziegler. So something about Michigan linebackers at St. Patrick's Day, I, I got some crazy stuff. Um, so, Greg, have you watched, have you watched uh, any clips of uh, Burnham? You got any quick thoughts on what Notre Dame's getting? Yeah, he plays a lot of quarterback, it seems like. Um, <laughs> which is fun. I like it. That's fine. You know, like, He's play athletic. The, play, yeah, play the quarterback. You know how they always say like, Oh, he hey, played, Mitchell uh, Evans. 
Mitchell Evans played quarterback here in Ohio. I stand for that. And he is our jumbo tight end now at Notre Dame. Tight end. He played a Jack Kaiser played. Jack Kaiser played quarterback too, didn't he? That is correct. Tom Simikowski played quarterback. Boom. Boom. (laughs) (laughs) I I wonder wonder if if Rocco Spindler ever got some time behind center. Yeah, it's but one of those things. He he looks good. I, again, I have no nothing negative to say. I don't. Looks great, and a lot of people seem to like him. Um, you Greg, know, he, hold on a second. I, I I don't mean to interrupt, but the point of the podcast is for you to shit all over people before they get to campus. So I just wonder if you could just do that for about five yeah, minutes. Yeah, I, I don't. I, I'll, I I'm really <laughs> working on that. I got I gotta get to the. I gotta get Dude, to I think this you thing got, where you got this podcast all mixed up. Yeah, I, I I'm supposed to. You're, you're schedule, I'm sorry, coach. Your Keep schedulers going, coach. got got the wrong one. I'm a little. I'm I'm sorry. I, I, I agree. Like I like the I like the recruits <laughs> who choose the school that I cheer for. It, it makes me happy. Um. Yeah. I don't. I don't see anything. Um. You know, negative with him. It. He's just like very. He, again, he's one of these guys that like when you play quarterback. See, the thing about playing quarterback, right? There's a certain amount of ownership to being the quarterback. And there's a certain amount of like, I don't want to say the word moxie. I hate using that word, but there's just like, I'm taking, I'm taking on the responsibility of playing a position that I am not going to play at all, like ever again, but I'm going to play it here because we need it. And I'm going to make plays anyway. And that's what I appreciate, you know, cause I, I've, <laughs> when I was like very young, they said, Hey, Greg, why don't you try out quarterback? And I said, no, thank you. I don't want to, I, I'm not good at it. So just the fact that he's willing to do that. And obviously he's very athletic and he's very explosive and he's very instinctual. And he looks like all the things that someone, you know, who Michigan is after and it really just like, it's really just like a bummer that Michigan is losing out on him. Um, if we could just kind of a moment of silence for them. Cause that's tough. That's, that's tough. You know, as of like two days ago, as of two days ago, their, their recruiting boards were confident they were going to be able to swoop in and, uh, yeah. Yeah. All the momentum they were, they were, they're bringing over from that 2020 season where they didn't get their first win until almost November. Yeah. So again, looking at this from a, from a, like a pure roster standpoint, like when Burnham gets on campus, uh, there's, there's like a lot kind of linebackers and not kind of, um, Notre Dame, they, they whiffed on an entire year. Um, that, that was in, 19, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but before that, they, they signed a bunch, right? Like Jack Kaiser, Cedar Equinu, Maris Louisville, J.D. Bertrand. Um, Kaiser and Louisville have, have seen significant time uh, at what was the buck. Um, Cedar Equinu was talked a lot about playing fullback for one practice. Um, and then J.D. Bertrand has just been uh, talked. I mean, people like him. Uh, but he's been in special teams. Now you're going, then you go all the way to the freshmen that are coming in now. And Prince Kali is nobody going to do the Latin. Fabulous. Thank you. Thank you. 
uh, and Kaharu Kia, and that that was it. So he's coming in with Nolan Ziegler. But the point I'm trying to make here is there is a lot of names that Notre Dame is in on at linebacker. And I'm going to list those off for you right now. And like the one I I do love a good, I do love a good uh, name listing. And a spring, a spring name. Just by the way, programming note: there is a spring name list off the rails uh, coming up. uh, I can't wait. Coming up. I I love, I I loved it last year. It was great. Uh, It will be fantastic. I guarantee it. Uh, So, first you got uh, Niafa uh, Tuahalamaka, four-star, top seventy player out of California. Um, Then you got. Jalen Sneed, uh, Notre Dame's kind of a sleeper, but they feel good about him uh, down there in uh, Hilton Head, South Carolina. Um, Sebastian Cheeks is the one that they're pretty much like, you just keep hearing like, Cheeks is coming, Cheeks is coming, Cheeks is coming. Another four-star, he's out of Evanston, so which we're just saying Chicago now, right? Just like every Katie, like whatever whatever's around Chicago in a 100-mile radius is Chicago. Um and then I think Devin Jackson from Nebraska is another name that they they get talked about. There's a lot of names here. Tafiti, um, uh, yeah, from from Honolulu, from Honolulu, from Punahou. I mean that little little pipeline there for Notre Dame. There's a lot of names here. I don't know how many they're going to take. Like I loved uh, Tafiti and Moana, <laughs> especially when they got their hair. We're not talking about. Uh, I liked it better when it was Takah. Moana on this podcast. <laughs> uh, so you don't like but, this what you don't want to make way for my Moana takes? No, I do. I'm not. I am not a Moana fan. And if you guys want to press the issue, then we will Ooh. do a top five of Disney princesses, and that'd be the only thing that we'll talk about. You but that'll are not a Moana top fan. Five better than trying to to pick out what we got lined up. So we all have daughters, right? Greg, you have a daughter, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I, have I don't have a daughter. Two, yeah. Oh, you don't. I am uh, daughterless. But you, but you know, you know. My son was obsessed with Moana for a year, though. Like he got a Moana blanket for his birthday, but from his mother, who makes blankets for their her children's birthday, because Moana was the only movie he would watch for a very long time. So I've seen Moana more times than I care to admit. Same. Oh, I've seen it once, and that was done. See, that's that's how actually that's me in Frozen. I've still to this day not seen Frozen two, and I've seen Frozen one once, and I Frozen two is like, terrible. Frozen Fro- Frozen, Frozen two, two is the I will is Frozen two is bad. Is the is one of the worst. Is the terrible. character assassination of Anna is uh, it's real in that movie. They reduced <laughs> they, a uh, caricature absolutely. of a person. They did. They did. Not I, great. When when Elsa did the the fake sexy walk in number two too, is yeah, too much. Like, not like in front of herself, I was like, "What are we doing here? I mean, what are, what we, are doing? we? I mean, for I mean for me, the 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 bar standard will be Tangled, Tangled. always. Yeah, Tangled yeah. is is hands have down. You, I believe. Have you gotten on Raya yet? Have you watched Raya yet? No, I have not. I have we not. We spurs the thirty. We spurs the thirty, and we got Raya. I can tell How you right now, it? it was great. Oh, excellent. Excellent. That's great. Well, I'll be checking that out. But yeah, Tangled for me no, is the bar. no songs, but uh, yeah. What was, what did, what was torturous what did the, for my daughter? 
What did the $30 oh get you? It was only 48 hours access or what? No, you get it forever because oh, until that's June, nice. it's going to drop in June. It's going to drop in June. We probably watched it um, 15 times because Sam likes it too, our oh. boy. So. Oh. It actually drops on my birthday. Oh. So I'm going to get a nice little birthday present for myself. Thank you very much. <laughs> so your kids are going to shut up for an hour and a half? <laughs> so my, our oldest has seen it. There you go. Oh. She saw it at school or something, and then she came home and was like, oh, let's watch uh, Raya. Is it Raya or Raya? Uh, I think it's Raya. Raya. So she's like, let's watch Raya. I was like, okay. And I go to Disney Plus, and it's like twenty nine ninety nine. It's like, oh, my God. We're actually good. Let's watch something else instead. So. See, it's not, a, it's not a huge thing right now in this house. My daughter being – she just turned 12, which means she's like 18 – which means I'm battle headbutting her every day. And then the boys are just like, they're literally living in a Pokemon world right now. Uh, and I cannot go anywhere in this house without seeing like a hundred cards. Uh, but since day, I mean, but the Disney, but Disney princesses are pretty universal. I think, I think we'll have to, we'll get, definitely get that one. Mulan, just for reference point, Mulan two was my daughter's favorite of all time. She fucking loved Mulan 2. It's terrible. It's like, it is the worst. Yeah. Like, like you, you don't want to put in Sleeping Beauty? Uh, how about Little Mermaid? I mean, Little Mermaid's, I mean, it's up there with uh, Little yeah. Mermaid, Beauty and the Beast, right up there with Tangled. Tangled just has. Aladdin just, there too, that 90s. Uh, uh, it, I mean, the, yeah, it's, it's quality. I just always feel Tangled's overlooked by, by some random people. And I think Princess of the Frog gets too much credit. I'm not a big Princess of the Frog person. I'm not a big Princess of the Frog either, though uh, Shadow Man's pretty good. Disney bad guy. I mean, there's a couple of good songs in there. Uh, but I, I just, I, I'm not exactly music, but uh, yeah. Yeah. So speaking of, speaking of uh, Disney princesses, like Sebastian Cheeks, that's, <laughs> that's a, that's a gift. We're, we're thinking that's a guarantee, but we're looking at like four linebackers in this class. I, and look, before we get onto that, I don't know if we're living in the, in a, in the, this seems to be the case every spring. Let me put it this way, where there are a lot of names thrown around and Notre Dame fans get themselves worked up in the lather. Like, do we even have room for all these guys? Like, Oh my God. And then like August comes and you're like, why aren't we offering this guy? Cause we just lost out on these last four or five. Now it's a little bit different recruiting life for Notre Dame right now, but still that same feeling with me is there. It's like guys are getting a little too excited about all, cause not all of these guys are coming. And then you guys start picking around like who, you, who's going to win. There seems to be more optimism than actual results. And I know Jude, you've brought that up before where it, it seems like like we're pumping this up maybe a little more than it needs to be. But then there's people like, you know, that are covering this on the beat every day. They're like, no, there's actual real, you know, real shit for to be excited about that's better than it's been. So I don't know. I you know, Burnham committing would be a is a good start to that. I'd like to see a little bit more uh before you know spring football is over with, but with no visits, although the, you know, some of that's no visits are going to have like what individual workouts starting in June. 
Was that was that the thing the NCAA said? Uh, yeah, Pete Thamel from uh, CBS Sports reported that they're going to start a lot, not camps, but they're going to allow um, individual, individual players to show up on campuses to be evaluated by coaching staff, which means official which sports. He, right, which which you get turned into a visit pretty, you know, I mean, like a unofficial kind of a visit for a kid. Which we can figure out if certain players do, in fact, run a 10-5-100, right, Greg? Yeah. Yeah. That seems like that might help wide receiver recruiting to find out that our Louisiana wide receiver um, might have world-class speed. <laughs> I, I mean, to be fair, I, to be totally honest, I question the veracity. Well, we're going to find fast. out for sure. We will. That's we will. Fast. That is, what that is fast. Be patient. I mean, what if you I don't know about you guys, but I'm looking forward to Mickey's 40. Yeah, me too. Yeah, I am yeah. too. I mean, quite honestly, I'm I'm still hooked on the freshmen <laughs> coming in this year. Like, th- there's so much about these guys that we don't know. You know, like like to Tyler Buckner. You know, like I, there's there's so much about these guys that I want to that you want to find out. You know, Joe Cubed, JoJo Johnson. Like, cause I'm t- I'm telling you, I think that is going to be a guy that you know, the three star guy that ends up panning out. You know, it's like, oh, where's the? He's a three star, yeah. But watch this out. Uh, the I mean, COVID's killed everything. I mean, it's just you. We have no idea, um, or, or a lot less idea about what's, you know, what's going on with these guys than before. <sighs> I don't know, but it's just it's a different world for linebacker recruiting. Like last year, it was just like wait around, wait around wait around and finally it was like prince kali pay that man his money i mean it's like oh sweet it worked out pretty well that one did what the uh high school buckus award winner yeah the high school buckus award winner who i would like to find out who was the how many buckus award winners from high school were not five stars but i like Uh, well, I did, did, is, it um, really, is it really Jeremiah a high school? Did Jeremiah Wusu Kormo win a five-star? I'm talking about the high school, or, the high school Buckets Award winner. Yeah. Like, I, you would just assume, like, most of your high school Buckets Award winners are going to be a five-star type guy. That's the best linebacker in high school football. Well, they, they, they kind of, like, um... They don't really. They try to do. They like. They look at numbers more than they do like a, a quote unquote projection. You know. But I'm just no, looking I, at the list here. So. I don't know. He's from Tennessee. How many? How many good player? How many players has Notre Dame recruited to uh, South Bend from the state of Tennessee that have stayed at Notre Dame at least three years that have panned out? Eight. Golden Tate. Harrison Golden Smith. Tate. Yeah, Harrison I was going to say Harrison Smith. There it is. That's it. So, That's the list, right? All you got to do is tell me, tell me those two names. Prince Collie's from Tennessee. Fucking bring them on. Sign me up. Good old Rocky Top. It's the new Samoa. Oh, he was. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, shoot. Well, I think that just about covers that. 
I think we're done with talking about recruiting. We're happy. I mean, tomorrow I, might be a really big day. Hey, oh, and by yeah. the way, I mean, Today. I guess I, I guess I really have to check to see what the, and I'll do that. But when uh, Notre Dame is currently ranked number four in the yeah. 24/7 composite team ranking, so everybody should be happy out there right now. And that where's a, it seems where's, to be. Where's a, UNC? <laughs> Um, let's see here. 19, 23. They're just, to, just, just trying from. to, just trying to figure out if we're still following the Mac Brown playbook. Or not. Just, huge pettiness towards UNC recruiting and huge pettiness towards just Navy beat writer, man is probably my favorite. So Jude, North Carolina has four commitments and they're ranked 23rd. With an average rating of 91, which is pretty good. Oh. So there's three, three, four stars and a three star. How many of those guys are from North Carolina? All of them. <laughs> it's the Mac Brown way. He sets up a wall. Ted, Ted, yeah, Mac, Mac puts the fence around North Carolina, right? You'd be wrong. They have two from Virginia Beach and another one from Colonial Heights, Virginia. Only oh. one. Only one is from North Carolina. This is a non-Mac Brown type start. Whoa. Just FYI. I mean, it's not not that Virginia Virginia is so far away from North Carolina. It's quite a hike from Chapel Hill. <laughs> well, it's, it definitely is two different worlds, I'm sure. Uh, Virginia Beach and Chapel Hill. So, all right. Well, let's get into let's let's rank everything here. Top five. I just want I want to put a bow. I want to put a bow on the. Um, Go ahead. The uh, Butkus Award winners. Every single one is in the top four hundred, top one hundred, uh, with the exception of Prince Collie. Every single one. Everyone but two. So top one hundred at least. Everyone but two are five stars. So, yeah. Okay. So that's like not cool, is what I'm trying to say. So what about the two that went to Notre Dame? Uh, did they win Buckus Awards at their time in South Bend? Yes. 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 That is correct. Yes. 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 And they were both five stars. Yes. Yes. Just And then we got another Buckus Award. <laughs> yeah. I mean, linebacker recruiting seems like it should be pretty easy now, right? Like Notre Dame's got a we got a, a tight end type track record so far with them. Maybe not so much NFL wise, but I mean, kind of. I don't know. I mean, there's it's it's a position of of strength that is is probably like the third or fourth one down the line when you talk about what Notre Dame does well at. But yet they do really fucking good at it. Well, it's like when they hit, they hit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're, they're like they're like Brenda will appreciate this. They're like uh, mid '90s Detroit Tigers outfield. Oh, they're not. Oh boy, touch the ball most times at bat, but when they get a hold of it, Pete Incavilia is taking that motherfucker yard. Rob Deere, goodbye. <laughs> this is a literal deep that outfield. That outfield went for miles. It was like the polo fields. Their Tiger outfield. The their outfielders, the three out, starting outfielders were bigger than the starting linebackers for the Lions. It's, it's like 
it's what it, at least when Detroit was losing, it was exciting. Now it's just boring as shit. It's terrible. But at least the Red Wings won. Alan Trammell coached baseball. Uh, well, the one of the great high crimes of the Hall of Fame, Lou Whitaker, not being. It is an absolute crime. It, it's fucking terrible. <laughs> there's there's no way you could put Trammell in without Whitaker. You cannot. You cannot. No, they were they were a double play combination. It was. It's a symbiotic relationship. It was for twenty fucking years. Ugh. Was it? Was it twenty? Was it twenty? Did they get that? Uh, I think I it was. I mean, they won a World Series in '84, and I remember watching Alan Trammell play baseball. I mean, they won a World Series before I was born. So the the summer before I was born. Then they had and that then, shit uh, ending in the '87 uh, playoffs against. Fucking twins. Yeah. Uh, they, they played the. I, if it wasn't 20, it was damn near close. So, yeah. Whitaker not being in with Trammell is fucking it's high crime against me. It is. Do better. Uh, Whitaker played from 77 to 95. Trammell played from 77 to 96. I just looked it up while you guys were talking there about something. I have nothing to add to. It was close. That. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's close. That's a long. That's a long time, especially in. I mean, in I guess maybe not so much in sports then, but now can you imagine? You know, two teammates for that fucking long. Whew. Like uh, Tom Brady and uh, Gronk. Rob Gronkowski. Yeah, that's about. Yeah. Well, I mean, even then, only like. I mean, years. yeah. That's a lot. I mean, that's a long time. Can I you mean, imagine if LeBron James decided to somewhere for more than five years. That's crazy. I don't think we're yeah. allowed to do LeBron James slander on this podcast with Greg on. Uh, you could if you want. I mean, <laughs> we're just going to win more, we're gonna win yeah, more what, titles. Like, you can't state, hurt my feelings. What state is LeBron James from? Where, where was he born? I watched a highlight oh. clip packaging in high school basketball today, nice. and it oh. looked very unfair. And there was like a five foot, five foot nothing white kid that decided to like, take the charge against grown ass LeBron James senior in high school. And that <laughs> kid looked like he died on the court. <laughs> it's like that clip of Zion Williamson that I love the kid that they brought in to guard him. that got right up all in his face and was clapping his hands. And Zion's like, what the fuck do I do with this? <laughs> but that kid, that kid plays D one ball. Now he's like, he was yeah, like, five three coming out. The kid that tried to take the charge, LeBron, uh, he doesn't play D1 ball. I'm pretty sure. Um, I'm pretty <laughs> sure he's paralyzed and and uh, not living his best life because he got blasted. <laughs> uh, most, oh God, that was. Whoa. I'm telling you, living in Ohio, like Maurice Claret, LeBron James, oh, like at the same time. About- yeah. You, you knew about them as freshmen. You knew, I mean, I'm telling you, everybody, everybody knew about these guys. For, I mean, James more so than Claret for obvious reasons, uh, just because of the, the sport and the trajectory of what they knew was going to happen. But either way, it was just, it was incredible. It was like, there was a great 30 by 30 ESPN had about Bo Jackson. And I love the way they, they did the opening of that 
when they had it like kind of like a cartoon sketch because it was like there's nothing on video but there was just all these these stories and legends about what Bo did on the football field that Friday and it's just like he went from like town to town to town to town about this god on the football field that's kind of how it was uh with James and with uh, with Corette it was it was just amazing the, the legend those two built themselves up for anyways Anyway, so it is St. Patrick's Day, and we're here to rank things. And I know uh, the boys are researching hard. Uh, we got a top top five Irish Notre Dame players. Actually, blood in the veins Irish uh, players. So since we have a since we have a fourth on here. Greg, you got your list, right? I do not have a list. I have a player. I don't know who's Irish. And Jude can attest. I cannot verify who is actually Irish on the North. Raymond McKnight. Is he Irish? <laughs> well, he's got a, a Mick. Look, I'm going with I'm going with Kyle McCarthy. And he was a safety. And I know that Josh hates him. Because, I don't hate him. Well, because of the Sergio Brown I situation. I, that's, that was a terrible situation. But, I mean, he is hashtag Ohio from Cardinal Moody in Youngstown. Dan and Kyle. And the funny thing is, is I thought Dan, I remember when they be signed him and I saw his tape. And I was like, Dan is freaking awesome. I was like, this kid is legit. As a matter of fact, like two take. years ago, two years ago, I... I think it was two or three years ago. I went back and watched. I was like, I cannot believe this kid didn't make it. He was so good. If if I saw him play, like if if his tape came up today and they signed a player exactly like him, I'd be like, he's my favorite player. I can't well, believe he didn't make it. Like, look, Dan McCarthy and Kyle and uh, and uh, uh, Harrison Smith's high school tapes are not dissimilar. Yeah. Yeah, Dan, Dan McCarthy tore it, tore it the fuck up. He was and awesome. A lot, yeah, he, he was. I don't know what happened when he got to South Bend, but that was a major disappointment. I really thought, okay, here's the McCarthy that's gonna that's gonna turn it out and not just steal the limelight from my boy Sergio Brown. But Kyle McCarthy was he holds a special place in my heart because of you know white safeties, and so it's just like you know and white he made safety. State. I mean, I get – just allow me real quick. I blow a lot of shit because I think Notre Dame blew it with Sergio Brown. But at the same time, Kyle McCarthy still made plays on terrible defenses. I mean, he was saving games with interceptions. He did his thing. He, he, maxed, he maxed out. He, he should get a lot of credit for doing that. I mean, yeah. A multiple-year starter at Notre Dame. That's not nothing. <laughs> I didn't do it. <laughs> Let me see, because he he had one season where he had over a hundred tackles. He had two seasons. He in um in oh eight and oh nine. He had 110 tackles in 2008, 101 tackles in 2009, uh, two picks in 08, five picks in 09. You know, you know what we call that, Greg? What do you Mr. Call Dependable. That? 
<laughs> you know what? He'd play. He'd play two games if he could. He'd you know, play he, two. If you he play, he'd play uh, a doubleheader. He he'd play a doubleheader. <laughs> and by the way, and um, that's how much he loves wh- football. Wh- Greg, I mean, one of the, you uh, tell me the, that he doubled up the number of tackles that Sergio Brown had in 2009. Wow, he must have been twice the player Sergio was. Whoa! What the? Fuck? What the God damn it, Brendan! <laughs> Don't put me in that position. <laughs> God, that is some fucking slander. That is slander. I will say, that is. I will say, I will say, I will say that the second, the, tackler, the second leading tackler on that team was Brian Smith. I rest my case for tackles not meaning a whole lot. Well, uh, Harrison was third in In 2007, defensive tackle Trevor Laws had led the team in tackles with his 110. What, a defensive tackle with 110? Has that ever been done at Notre Dame? It listen, it didn't it never got enough prep. I I'm screaming that whole season. That is awful, right? But like Trevor Laws is like all like you're a defensive lineman with a hundred and fucking look up the stats, man. It's ridiculous. Wow. I'm looking it up right now. That is that's maybe the most wild stat I've ever heard. A defensive tackle with a hundred tackles. Greg, I just want to tell you that one you of the guys. You could take the last five Notre Dame defensive tackles, and I bet they haven't career had a hundred tackles. I just, tell, I just want to tell Greg that one of Pat Hayden's, this guy is going to be on my list. <laughs> That's, uh, I mean, it, well, it's, 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 De- it's Rocky Boyman, right? It's Rocky Boyman. And I, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not hundred percent sure of his Irish descent, but I'm like, I'm just looking at him and saying, you know, I mean, that's, a, that's I'm thinking a, that guy's got a little Irish in him. How is he not Irish right there? How is he not? How could he not be right? MTA, he's by Catholic, the way, he's Catholic, had 17 too. tackles last year. <laughs> oh, my so, God. So just for clarification, Trevor Laws in 2007, 112, ta- 112 tackles, four sacks, That's five passes defended, no All-American statuses. It's a fucking lineman, defensive tackle with that many tackles. He doubled, he literally almost just about doubled up what he did in 06. How many, how many tackles do you think Terry Gillery had in 2018? He had 30 tackles. That's he what Trevor Laws had. That's what Trevor Laws had in his first year in 05. He had 33 tackles. Unreal. Unreal. That is, that is a different game of football than they are playing No now. one gives Trevor Laws enough fucking credit in this entire fan base. And I, as long, as long as I have a voice, a podcast and access rights to, uh, log network that so, that sometimes talks about college football. I will keep fucking saying. Yeah. <laughs> Is Trevor Laws Irish? Do we know if there's any? Sure, in you there? see the beard. He's got. I've a, seen the beard. He played. He played for the Eagles. I mean, you're in Philly. You're probably going to be Irish or Italian. There's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of or uh, or nice little mix. Yeah, there's a lot of mix and wops down there. That's yeah. that's that's M I X. By the way. <laughs> oh, I, I prefer uh, my C K. So. So look, I'll throw down an Irish. I'll throw down an Irish player. Number one, number one overall, trumps everybody's Irish names that they're about to throw down. Frank fucking Leahy. <laughs> Hands, down. Hands down. Hands down. We, 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 we. I didn't what know we were doing coaches. Game that he played. I don't care how many national championship rings that might have. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Quite a few. And you know what else? You know, here, here's my here's my list. Frank Leahy, his Brian grandson Leahy. Pat Leahy. Pat Leahy. Oh my gosh. Uh, 
Jim Flanagan, Brady Quinn, and uh, Quinn O'Leary. Carroll. Quinn Carroll is a uh, <laughs> no Brian Quinn, Quinn Carroll. Carroll. <laughs> Quinn Carroll makes a top five. I love it. He might be starting. He might be starting. Uh, I got to tell uh, you guys, you you missed a big one, and I don't know that it would have been obvious that he was Irish, but Johnny Latner, Heisman Trophy winner. Oh, was, Johnny uh, Latner. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. I did Irish. a whole accent piece on him on the. Uh... Yeah. Oh, uh, so I also had Brady Quinn on my list, Rocky Boyman, as I previously mentioned. Uh, Sleepy Jim Crowley, one of the four horsemen, was uh, was Irish, and yeah. uh, Terry Hanratty was Irish and Italian. So I threw Terry on there. It was actually hey, really hard like, to yeah. find people to find out like the descent, the heritage of uh, football I players. I bet you. What about Cam McDaniel? I don't, I don't know. Uh, Cam McDaniel, he's a Mick. He's a Mick, like Raymond McKnight, right? Raymond McKnight. What about Kevin McDougal? Kevin, Kevin McDougal. McDougal. Yeah, Kevin McDougal right there. Kevin McDougal is probably my favorite Irish player from my great-great-grandfather who was Irish. What about that walk-on, the O'Neill that wrote the book, right? We should throw him on. We're just going to name O's and Mix. And- O's I mean, and Mix. That's all. a good place. That is a great place to start, just O's and Mix. And find out which players had great-grandfathers that played under Notre Dame in <laughs> Throw them on <laughs> <laughs> well, that proved absolutely I mean, nothing. Thank you for indulging me. <laughs> I mean, I mean, Philip Riley, right? Riley, that's Irish. Oh, there you go. I mean, Pat Coogan, anybody? Just saying. I don't think Estime is Irish. How about Jack Cooley? <laughs> 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 uh, you know, I would actually have a more fun time picking out the the Slavs, like all all the Polish and Hungarian players. Oh my which God, was, yeah, right? Which which was greater back in the day. I mean, Moose Kraus tops that list, but I mean, that was a big part. I mean, if it wasn't Ir- if it wasn't the Irish guys back then, it was a bunch of the Slavs from Chicago. Okay, I have news that is breaking. Anthony McDowell. Twelve thirty in the morning. Go for it. Yes. I'm on Ancestry.com. Oh. <laughs> wow. Hamilton family history. Hamilton <laughs> name meaning Scottish <laughs> and Northern Irish. That Northern Irish is not Irish. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. Book it. <laughs> I knew you were going to find a fucking way. Listen. Listen. Kyle is my favorite. Northern player. Irish is my Irish. favorite Irish. Northern nor is Scotch, nor is Scotch Irish. Also, boy, not. if so there was I'm, only somebody from Kyle Hamilton's family who you talked to that could to definitively tell you what his ancestry was. But. Listen, I'm on ancestry.com. I don't need. <laughs> I don't need family members. <laughs> yeah, I don't need. I got science. I got science back in me. All right, I think we, we exercised the fact that we didn't really take that one too seriously. <laughs> we we will take. Disney princess is way more seriously. I have a feeling. I, you know what? We're going to do that. Oh, we're going to do that. We're doing Disney princesses next week, next podcast. So be prepared for a full on war. Cause I want, I want a real top five Disney princess, not the movie, 
but princess Reggie. Okay. Get legit. All right. So last last bit of business we have is once again we go back and I I, I mean Greg we were planning on doing the 2017 class here. Do, do would you have have a class that you rather do? Because I could rather any. A rather yeah. class? We could do 17. That's fine. We do 17. I can't think of a more important class than the 2017 class. Uh, I can't think of a more winningest class uh, in no, Notre Dame I history. Mean, this class is the only reason Notre Dame has two undefeated regular, season, uh, regular seasons. All right. So per normal, I'm going to list off uh, <coughs> classic listing of names here. This was the 10th ranked. I, know, I am a good namer. A 10th ranked class in the country. Um, they signed 21 guys and we're going to go start top to bottom. Uh, and we'll start no five stars in this class. So here's the four stars. I'll let you know when we hit the three stars. I feel like we did this before, but maybe not. Uh, not so but it's still fun to talk about. So top to bottom here, tight end Brock, Wright, Tight end Cole Komet. Offensive lineman, Robert Hainsey, offensive lineman, Josh Lugg. Defensive tackle, Darnell Ewell. Offensive lineman, Aaron Banks. Linebacker, David Adams. Running back, C.J. Holmes. Quarterback, Avery <laughs> Davis. Safety, Isaiah Robertson. And now we get into our three stars. Offensive lineman, Dylan Gibbons. Linebacker, Jeremiah Wusu-Koromoa. Wide receiver, Jafar Armstrong. Defensive end, Myron Tagovailoa-Omosa. Wide receiver, Michael Young. Defensive tackle, Kurt Heinisch. Safety, Jordan Gidmarkeith. Defensive end, Jonathan McAllister. Linebacker, Drew White, the 978th ranked player in the country. Defensive end, Kofi Wardlow. And kicker, Jonathan Doerr. What a class, by the way. There's a lot of hits in this class, by the way. Yeah. There's a lot of hits. Like, I think it, of the it, classes we've gone through, this one's got to have the most, right? And it really is a feast or famine type of class. I mean, like, like either he did something or he's gone or did nothing. Like, there, there yeah. really isn't a whole lot of in between here. That, Midland. Yeah. I mean, Jafar Armstrong might be oh, a middle. Rock right. Bright, rock right. Rock right. Rock right. Yeah. Who's probably still going to get drafted? I mean, Deion Sanders said when he was a freshman or when he was a senior in high school, Deion Sanders said this is a, this is going to be one of the best NFL tight ends. Do Deion you, Sanders do you said you remember, Do you remember anything about Jonathan McColster? Anything yeah, I remember he transferred pretty quickly. Like immediately. And then, and then yeah. he played tight end at, or he was slated at tight end at uh, yes. Central Florida, but I don't yeah. believe he ever played. Yeah. But like Jonathan Doerr started. Drew White started. Kurt Heinisch starter mpa starter jafar armstrong these are these are bottom of the list bottom of your list yeah, i'm going from the bottom up jeremiah Wu. i mean um avery davis starter aaron banks starter josh lug starter right robert hainsey starter kokomet starter brock wright starter starter he was this listed number one starter. on the depth chart all year yeah <laughs> yep 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 yeah <laughs> I mean, there is a, and look, and this is the class, 17, 18, 19, 20. One of those years have to, that is the Notre Dame football renaissance. 
after the 16th season. Yeah. I mean, these are the guys that committed to Notre Dame after, you know, with that disaster year. During. Yeah, this is during the year, right? And help turn it around. This this class was the beginning of helping to turn everything around for Notre Dame. I mean, there's a there's a ton of meat on these bones. I mean, even with like, I, I, I was just gonna say, I, mean, I feel like Ewell is a massive massive miss, right? And it's still yeah. like it's so lessened because all the way down here, damn near the bottom, Kurt Heinisch has been playing since his freshman year, 2017. We get a fucking fifth year of full Kurt Heinisch. I think it's six here. This will be a um, fifth. It's no, it's fifth. Yeah, I always I wonder about guys so like, like five, four years. I always wonder about guys like Kofi Wardlow. Like usually, guys who are clearly not going to play just go somewhere else, and he didn't. You know, now he's he's a grad transfer and he's going to go play somebody else. But like he just like he stayed his whole time. He ne- like never ever ever saw the field. Like. Maybe in a Miami, Ohio type game or whatever, but like it's just, you know, that's just, it's crazy to me. I, I feel like there's a story. He, got there. Like, he yeah. wanted that degree, yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, but it's just, it's, it's, I, I feel like it's, it's becoming a lot more rare to, to see a guy who like, who literally doesn't even sniff the field. And he, fact, sits there and he's just like, I'm going to put my head down, get my degree, and then I'll, and then I'll go play football somewhere else. Other than Jonathan McAllister. And I know this is going to be important to, to Jude. Other than Jonathan McAllister, I think every player on this class will have their Notre Dame degree. Did Cole commit? I don't think he did. Mm-mm. He no. left this junior. Okay. I don't think he graduated he early. Didn't graduate. Okay. CJ Holmes didn't make have, it. Yeah. CJ Holmes didn't make it. Oh yeah. Okay. I I can't. I, David Adams. He got his degree, right? Yes. Well, yeah. He just yeah. was medically. Yeah. He, he medical. was in medical. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he was a he was a assistant on the team too. Yeah, he was he was help he was helping out doing John, whatever. John L. Ewell did not get his degree. No, he was there. No, no, no. He hasn't left Notre Dame. No, yeah, he no he he left the program. I think he's still in uh, at State. the university. Yeah, he's still at the yeah. whoa. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, it is um it is uh Kevin's long lost long lost uh, cousin Jonathan. But still, I I kind of feel like that's a. Even with those names we just listed, this all feel, that feels like a success in itself, percentage-wise, as far as like graduation goes. Like there was not a, there's not a whole lot of. Tra- I mean, there. Did Michael Young, Michael trans- Young transfer to Cincinnati? Did he get his right? Degree? But a lot of these guys transferred late. Michael Young was a grad transfer. Was he? Okay. A lot of these guys transferred late. Yeah, he left. The, Michael Young left the team in the middle of the damn season. But he, but yeah, he graduated in October, but he got it. But he got it. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's a um, that's a testament to the staff too. Yeah, this is a. I don't know. I guess I, I. This is a glowing review of a class that I. I mean, look, they. How I don't know how how many wins was it? Forty six. 43. 43. Thank you. Yeah. They won, they won a lot of fucking fo- football games. Their time another day. That's it's, they deserve an applause. And, and Hey, Kurt Heinisch is about to like be a jeopardy, uh, <laughs> answer. Cause he's going to have a whole lot more. If he plays a full season this year, 
43. If we if we win 10 games, 53 wins. Maybe Notre Dame football players has 53 wins. They won a lot of games with no quarterback in the class. Yeah. Yeah, right? It was that uh, holdover year. Mm-hmm. And Davis was was shuffled quickly over. I mean, I think after maybe after one year. Davis yeah. was never a quarterback. Maybe he for like a, 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 you know. His freshman year he was. I mean, he was right, but, but like for for like a semester, his freshman year, and then like the next spring they moved him. Yes, yes, yeah, because they had Phil in the wings, and then um, they just you know they'd Wimbush and Bush. So I don't know. I see a lot of NFL money in here too, like a lot. I do too. I think Hayden Z is gonna. He's gonna bounce around. He's gonna he's gonna collect a lot of NFL paychecks. You know what? My the, guess. Be, the best thing Hainsey did was go down to the Senior Bowl and play fucking play center. center. Yeah. yeah, like he did. He made himself money that day by by just saying, "Okay, I move over to center." Because yeah, he is a little undersized for an an NFL tackle and even in a guard. But at center, he's he's perfect. But you you sign him to your roster, and then anytime. You know, you get a lineman who gets rolled up on an ankle. You got a guy who can play all five positions. Which right. That's invaluable. So he, I, I, I see him collecting paychecks for a while. I mean, shit. I mean, Sam Mustafer is still. I mean, it was yeah. funny how Mustafer and Bars were like left for dead, especially Mustafer not getting drafted. And then all of a sudden, they're still in the league, and they're, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, and that's even after, uh, uh oh. After he stand left Chicago, there are two offensive linemen and I don't know if Lug's going to get, um, and I don't know about Gibbons either are going to have much NFL play, but there are two offensive linemen of note in this class. Now I'll ask this question to you guys. Who do you think has the more pro, the more prolific career, Robert Hainsey or Aaron Banks? In the league? Yeah, in the league. I think it's Banks, and I really wish he would have stayed another year to play tackle. But does, he Banks, played, have I mean, an injury, does Banks have an injury history? Because Hainsey does. Not really. Not really. I mean, he's missed a game or two before, but not, I don't, nothing like serious, serious. Yeah. I but tend to bet on Banks. the guys who, who haven't been banged up for a season, you know? Banks doesn't I, um, get enough credit for being a fucking All-American. Like the guy was a first-team All-American yeah. on at least one of them. I mean, he's, Banks is Banks is a good fucking football player that probably deserves more credit. And if he was coming back to Notre Dame next year, he'd be one of the leading candidates for being like the top dog, like that you mentioned when you talk about players across the country. Uh, but I yeah, I think he ends up having a really good NFL career. I don't know how good, but if you're going to say of all of between him and Hainsey, my money would be on banks. <clears throat> I would go the other way. He has a career at center though. I, I think he has a path to have a career at center, which could be a long time too. I would go the other way just because guys who are, I guess kind of got a little heavy concern me. Yeah, and banks, and, got a and banks is, is like a heavy guy. And he could never like kind of get it under control. Like he was always just really big, and that just 
worries me a, a little bit. Like, but I, I agree. Banks is better than him. Banks is better than Hainsey. Um, and if he did, like, if you told me, like, Banks would be, like, 330 or 325 for his entire career, then I would take Banks. But I just feel like, man, he could really get up there. And if he gets, like, didn't he have a foot injury? He did. did that and that was, that was the, uh, I would say, the hurt. Like, I don't right. think he missed a significant time with the foot injury, but it, it did hamper him because I – Maybe it was in 19 when that was brought up. Like he's having some issues yeah. with that, with that foot. Yeah. So that, that, so like another injury like that. And all of a sudden you're getting up to like maybe 340 and 350. And it's like, yeah, it's like, I like it's to like, see what he measures, what he measures out at um, on the pro day. Yeah. At the end of the month. Yeah. Yeah. Like, cause you know, once, I just, once these guys are done with the season, they, they, they start working on these guys' bodies like immediately. Yeah. Like, I getting them. Just, I could just see like thinking like, man, if we could just get him to drop a little bit of weight and it being like that for like three, four years. So well, I mean, that's, if he wants that's to play tackle in the league, he's going to have to guard. He's going to have to. Yeah. I think you'd be all right. Yeah. So oh, something I, I was going to mention to you guys, so something I was going to put on the site and never did, but I saw on a, uh, on a Indianapolis Colts uh, website, that there's the trade rumor mill. There's talk about bringing McClinchy trading for I McClinchy, did see that. Uh, from San Francisco to bring him to Indy. I would love to see McClinchy and Nelson back on the same line. Well, they put him right. No, McClinchy would be a right tackle, but just, you know, it just, it's kind of fitting, you know, their time in Notre Dame, both going to the top 10. I don't, I don't know if that's a, I don't know if that's a really a feasible trade. That's a lot of money still, but I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know enough about the NFL trade market to say what is or what so, isn't. I just thought it was. Niners are well known for their um, player management and uh, roster roster moves. That is a staple. That of that I did <laughs> So I, I don't watch NFL that closely, but the vibe I get from the way that people talk about him online is that McGlinchey's just been pretty average. Is that is that right? Uh, yeah. I don't know if that's one hundred percent. I don't know if that's accurate. Okay. He 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 did he was really really fucking good his rookie year, and then he kind of leveled off a little bit. He's had some issues, but he's still. I think PFF still graded him pretty highly. I mean, he had Trent Williams on the other side, right, as the left tackle for a number of years. His quarterback kept getting hurt. He's never had a running back of note out there. Um, I don't think San Francisco has ever really had sort of tools around him to garner much. uh, To to garner much. He probably wasn't worth a top 10 pick, but but I would not put average next to him. You know what I mean? Like a, 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 he's better than average, but as he were, as he panning out as a top ten tackle, probably not. Not right now. I mean, there's still. I mean, shit. We're just a few years into his career. I mean, this is a guy who could still be in the league for another eight nine years. Yeah. And, you know, year four, maybe all of a sudden something. Maybe it is a change of scenery too. Maybe he goes to a different team and he gets a whole well, new life. Probably going to need to because they gave uh, the. Uh, 
they gave uh, Trent Williams a big contract out there, and I don't know if they can pay Bunchy when his contract comes up. So, and if they trade him now, it frees up a bunch of money that they have anyway. Well, so they can easily extend him to the fifth year though, because he was a first round draft pick, right? Right. Uh, yeah. If right? they wanted yeah, to, that's how it works, right? I believe so. I don't know. It was just something I I ran across. I was going to put it up on the site just because I thought it was kind of cool, but it's been a rough week for me. <laughs> so <laughs> if if I put anything up on the site this week, it, it was a struggle to get to get there. Uh, anyways, well that is it. Uh, but let's let's finish up with some final thoughts. Uh, Brendan, uh, do you already have your corned beef in your slow cooker right now? Um, my wife put kibosh on it. Um, What's my wife? Corned beef. Uh, my wife. So instead of corned beef tomorrow, um, we're eating shamrock-shaped raviolis. I'm not super pumped about it. I want a corned beef. <laughs> what the fuck is that? You know, I'm the only one in the house... And I keep making everybody eat corned beef. And then there's been a revolt. And I guess I, on my day, have been, have been, you know. Well, listen, buddy. I will be, I have a, uh, I have a four pound corned beef brisket in the fridge that when we're done recording is going to start cooking for tomorrow. And I will be the only person in this house, apparently, that is going to eat it. Which is just fuck. I, Dylan will eat it. First Dylan will eat it. Me, but it is the best. Oh, the, only thing that, the only thing that they're worried about is they want green pancakes in the morning. And guess what? I'm not fucking giving it to them. They're not. Plus the potato pancake. Everything needs to be potatoes or cabbage or corned beef. I'm going to teach them about the danger of green dye. Like, don't go to the bar and drink green beer. Go to the bar and order yourself up a bourbon. Don't go drink a fucking green beer. Don't be that. Don't be that person. Don't be. Don't be me don't at twenty and twenty-one. Don't drink the stale green beer that they have left over from the year before, and they're always just paying it back, sort of like candy corn. I mean, and it's always Bud Light. It, it's always fucking Bud Light. Ugh. Because wow, you're supposed to mix, you're supposed to mix uh, food coloring with water. So <laughs> refreshing, refreshing. I do feel strange because I was called out last week um, in an email uh, from the Andy Observer um, uh, writer there for my very bad JoJo uh, reference, and I didn't want to leave the episode. Um, I'm very, I'm very aware. That the surname of uh, Jotaro of um, the the third season, I guess, of of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure is um, Kujo or Kujaro. I'm aware of this. I'm sorry, and it is a uh, a horrible stain on my honor. <laughs> will you be co- will you be committing seppuku now or? <laughs> I mean, you sound like you're really down in the dumps. 
I mean, well, you're just having I'm a tough time right now. He's the most overrated of all of the JoJo's. There's a lot of JoJo, and he is the very most outward, overrated. Um, but it's fine. Everybody knows Joseph's the best. He's not his grandfather, so whatever. <laughs> it's okay. I mean, you sound as sad as a as a Zom Hall resident right now. I was uh, I was not super uh, excited about it. I mean, he's only slightly better than Josuke, but uh, you know, whatever, whatever, it's fine. <laughs> Greg, our friend. Yes. Anything you got left in the tank you want to want to talk about? I what? would like to finish the way I started, wishing my beloved Kyle happy birthday. He's 20 years old. He's almost half, he's, he's half, almost half as young as myself. And um, it just, every once in a while, it hits me that this is the last season. And it's just, I get so kind of scared, like something could happen. Like last year, like this, the, like the first drive of the second half of the first game, he, he the ankle and I was so scared then it's like, what if something happens and it's like a big problem. And so happy birthday, Kyle. Um, I hope it's a great year for him. I think about it all the time. Protect those angles. <laughs> 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 Brendan. Or no, Jude. Hey, one thing we have, yeah. One thing we haven't mentioned, and I'm sh- I'm probably going to be stealing a little bit of your thunder, uh, but with uh, Jude had spearheaded a a massive effort to help out uh, former Notre Dame linebacker Brandon Hoyt, and we said there was a goal set for seventy five hundred dollars for a GoFundMe to, to to get him going, and as far as I know, we're up to over forty two thousand at this point. Uh, yeah, it's it's just try forty four at this taping. I just I just updated. It. Yeah, so um, this has been quite an quite an adventure. Um, I, I I'll be honest, I didn't know what I was getting. Oh man, you just cut out. Jail. Oh no. Oh, sorry. Am I that, no, you, am I back? Start over, buddy. <laughs> okay. I apologize. You didn't know what you're getting yourself into. So, yeah, I, di- I didn't know what I was getting myself into when I accepted a direct message from a stranger on February 22nd saying that Brandon was in jail. Um, it, it's been a it's been a learning experience. I, I'm going to be honest with you. Um, you know, for most of us, our last contact with Brandon was when he was in college. And, and to be honest with you, college was a long time ago. And um, I had the pleasure of talking to his friend since middle school, Yazid, on the phone the other night. And uh, unfortunately, you know, Yazid has been the one who's been sort of dealing with Brandon and his struggles for what what we now what I now know to be about 11 years. Um, this is this is a, a deep, deeply worsening condition that has left um, many people and many things in its wake, including, you know, obviously Brandon. So, um, you know, Brandon's struggling. It's, um, he's, he's hurt a lot of people that seems to be undeniable. Um, but, but most importantly, he's, um, you know, Yazid has lost his, the friend that he knew, the guy that I think we all knew the, 
the happy smiley kid who was, you know, didn't drink alcohol, wrote poetry, um, you know, didn't even really like to eat meat, kind of kept a strict vegan diet, like to, you know, work out and keep his body fit and, and just sort of like, you know, this kind of gentle giant persona that I think that he kind of embodied in, in, in college. So the focus is, as, as Josh has mentioned, has, has shifted from, you know, trying to raise that just initial money to doing something more substantial. And, and the cool part is that a lot of former Notre Dame alums, including Reggie Brooks, uh, Anthony Fasano and Ryan Harris are really at the forefront of, you know, making the connections that we need to make in San Diego to, to get, um, Brandon safely transferred from, from jail to an inpatient treatment facility. Um, there's some, there's still some more hurdles and obviously we'll be keeping you guys abreast of everything that, that we do, but, and just rest assured that every, every dollar that you give to the GoFundMe is going directly to, to Brandon's care. It's, it's not going into his pocket. We're not literally just going to spring him from jail and say, good luck. Here's some money. Um, we are, we are committed to the kind of the, the long haul here. We realize this is not just a, um, a dink and dunk operation. So, um, I'm looking forward to, to working with John Course, who's the organizer's 96 grad, who's actually doing the documentary about Demetrius Du Bois that I think that our site wrote about uh, not too long ago. That's still still forthcoming, but um, I, I look forward to working with him and, and, and Reggie and other people to uh, to get the best situation for Brandon. That's that's possible. But, um, you know, if you don't if you can't get financial support, that's absolutely fine. What Brandon needs most is, is your prayers and, and your thoughts. Um, so you can you can certainly write to him. And, and I wrote that on on our, our website you know, there's a way to email him. And a lot of people have been taking advantage of that as well. And so if you want to write him a little I had, note, I had saw somewhere where, uh, where it had filled up, he had reached, he had reached his limit yeah. of uh, emails for like the day. So which like, is, uh, I mean, which is actually kind of cool. Is a hu- this is yeah. huge. Like a lot of people, a lot of people were aware of the story. Thank you. Know, thanks in part to you, not just to you and, and to push it on the site, but like Justin Tuck. I mean, there's, there's a lot of Notre Dame alumni yeah. That have put this forth at an, on other sites, uh, Blue and Gold, Twenty Four Seven, and the yeah, Nation. TNN. Yeah, a lot TNN, of people know DN. about. Yeah, 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 absolutely. People tweeting about it. Um, the Golics, uh, you know, uh, Ryan Harris, obviously. So and yeah, and the people that that gave money, the the Justin Tucks of the world, and 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 um, you know, a lot of former teammates. I I just saw uh, Omar Jenkins just chipped in with some money. So like, it's just a lot of people are thinking about. Oh, his mother's gonna be so happy. Are, gonna, are caring about him. So, um, we're still working on it and, uh, we just, we need your we prayers and we thank you. Thank everybody for all of the offers. Um, I've, I've heard from pastors, lawyers, counselors, uh, family, you know, old friends, new friends, uh, people that knew him in college, people that knew him in high school, people that have known him since middle school. I've just heard from so many people that, that, uh, the care about them that are just kind of catching up to this news and, and are, are looking to help do the right thing. So I, I just appreciate everybody to, to the extent that you can hear me right now. Yeah. And I, just for me, Jude, I, I really appreciate everything that you were doing to, to help him. It's, it's inspiring. And I got to tell you, I mean, I was sitting there like in the first two hours, it's like, holy shit. Like we just passed the goal in two hours. <laughs> like this, like this blew up so quick. You had, you know, you had messages saying, "Hey, uh, we're gonna do this, blah blah blah." The next thing you know, it's like, "Oh, like all right, well, we're fucking serious about this. Let's help, you know, let's get, let's help them out here." 
So hopefully this sets you down. I, I, I really appreciate you saying that. Like this isn't going to be a short-term situation where everything's fixed. And it's also not just the, like you said, spring them out, give them some money and go. This is people are committed to trying to get him the help that he needs to, you know, to, to be a part of society again, to, to have a, to have a life worth living again. And, and um, that's, that's good news for any, for anyone that's struggling like that. So. Whew. Well, that was deep. So yeah, let me lighten it up just for, just for a second. I got, I had the opportunity to talk to Fred Villarreal. I, I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his last name, but he's the digital platform manager over at UND, UN, uh, right. fighting Irish media. He's the one responsible for um, getting the vault uh, going last year during the pandemic. So obviously if you've enjoyed the the games um, coming out of the NBC vault, you know, Fred is, is largely responsible for that. Um, F- Fred and the, and the crew are going to be launching fighting Irish TV, which was mentioned in the press release today about pro day. Um, this is going to be a streaming app similar to like a Netflix or a Hulu or something like that, that you can download on your smart television and, um, and you'll be able to watch, uh, uh, highlights, uh, interviews, um, you know, some, li- some live stuff. They're going to obviously stream uh, pro day. And, and then obviously the, the crown jewel for now will be before they get into kind of episodic stuff will be the archive games and there'll be more games being added. So, um, this is going to be a great opportunity and I look forward to sharing the news about all of the kind of exciting things that are going to be available for fighting Irish fans through their, through their televisions. Um, it's not really going to be a mobile thing at first. So if you're thinking about, Oh, I'll just throw my, throw it on my iPhone. It's not really going to work that way. Uh, this second, but, um, you know, obviously they're going to see how this goes and, and look to expand it. So I'm excited after talking to Fred and just fun fact, Fred was a Purdue graduate and went to Purdue from 1997 to 2001. So I also took the opportunity to ask him about, uh, Drew Brees and, you know, working at, at Notre Dame because, you know, he's got a couple of thoughts about that as well. So did you bring up to, Gary Gatsy? Cause I did I not bring up Gary. I did. I did not bring up Gary Gatsy. I didn't know if I could get punched through the phone. So I would just, you know, Fred seemed like a cool dude. He was giving me his time. So I didn't, I didn't say, hey, what about that uh, backup tight end? Do, uh, you know, beat your uh, Rose Bowl winning quarterback. How'd that feel? The glorious Gary Gatsy. Yeah. Glorious. That's a, just a, I, I mean, if hopefully Gary's family uh, has been sharing that story of yours around and saying, Hey, look, uh, you know, your picture's yeah, back I, up in the news. I made, I made that the lead pick on the, on that story for a reason. And I got to tell you, I've confused quite a few people, <laughs> <laughs> so, but it's, but it should be told when they, when they asked breeze on the first day, like, Oh, your last time here. Notice? Yeah. Gary Gotzi beat me. He needs, he needs to say, it. he needs to admit it. Yeah. Admit it. <laughs> Well, I was telling Fred the other day that Eric Parsegian actually had a problem, and, and this is before my time, but I've I've heard about it anecdotally. But Eric Parsegian really had a problem that when he first became a commentator, uh, if he would do Notre Dame games, he'd say, "Oh, that's a big break for us," or you know, worse that effect or whatever. And I, I guess you know, guys like Keith Jackson would have to say to him, like, "Well, it's not us anymore," you know. And so I I, th- I think I got to be looking forward to that September game against uh, Purdue because I, I just wonder what kind of if, if, if Drew will have that same verbal tick, 
You know? I got to tell you. I don't you, think I he will expecting... just because it's been so long. Because he's it a 40, what, 42 right. year old man. Yep. Uh, he's my age. It'd probably be harder for Brady Quinn. Um, or would it? But Brady Quinn's been doing this for a while now. And that's, that's my true. point is I think it'd be different if I thought last year when they, when this was kind of announced that you were going to see like a transition year, like Dungy in the booth and breeze on the field you know, or something like that, or something to that effect. And working him towards becoming a professional announcer. And now they're just like, fuck that. We're going to throw you on everything. Drew breeze. Uh, so there's, there might be a, I, I love the, it was kind of dickish, but that guy or the, the gal on the today show, she said it like three or four times in a row. Like this is tough. This, you better practice <laughs> this stuff. So we'll see. We'll see how good, uh, how good breeze is, uh, on the mic. You, the- I mean, you have to imagine that he's gone into a fake booth and called the fake game oh, yeah. to, to the level I mean, of confidence that NBC would put Pat, money behind this. Yeah. I mean, he wouldn't Pat get McAfee hired without that. Thing. Yeah. Pat McAfee had, a, he, he explained his whole route to getting to do Thursday night games. And they actually put you through in Tony Romo. I think did a similar, um, expose on how they put you through kind of like a, a, a boot camp, like an announcer's boot camp leading up to the season. Yeah. Yeah. There's no, there's no way he gets, yeah. He had to go through all that for them to be like, all right. But I mean, they, they just made kind of made this decision last year. They put Jason Witten in the booth. He was awful. I mean, it's not always, it's not always a Tony Romo situation. Like Jason Witten was abjectly awful. So bad that he had to go back to playing football. And I'm not, <laughs> nice coach, right? Thing. I'm not sure if Tony Romo is great because I mean, he oh, fucking great. calls like 75% of the plays. It's like, you're kind of taking this all, take the fucking fun out of this, Tony. He's got that enthusiasm <laughs> that you love though. Like he's, I, he does, I, look, I actually, I do enjoy him in the booth, but I do crack up. Like he's right a lot, like a sure. lot of times. Like he knows exactly what's going on. It's like, shouldn't, doesn't, shouldn't that equated to a couple more playoff wins? I, I don't <laughs> Just didn't have the arm talent, sort of like uh, old Tommy. <laughs> I don't know, but yeah, Tony Romo, man, wow, yeah, that's a. I mean, that no one, I, I didn't see that coming. It's like you were uh, watching a Notre Dame football game and uh, also having the live stats page running uh, thirty seconds ahead of time, <laughs> <laughs> which would, describes twenty twenty all the way. At least, at least the tweets are ready to fire out. Ah <laughs> oh, shit. All right. Well, that's it. Uh, again, thank you for joining us. Uh, and also remember, get over to Apple podcasts, leave that. I, I got to get us up to the 300 ratings where I think we're at like 281. It's only 19 of you. There's a lot of people that listen to this podcast. Most of you, I got stats on you. I'm not the NSA, but I got stats. A lot of you are on Apple. <laughs> listen to this. So get over to Apple podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. All the reviews left will be read on the next OFT podcast. And I got nothing else, man, other than happy St. Patrick's day. Thanks We're, Greg. Thank you, Greg. Check his workout over at UHND.com. Follow him on Twitter at Greg 2126. Uh, he gets emotional about Kyle. He gets Untitled emotional about Notre Dame USC podcast. Tilting, at tilting Graham. Gets the emotional about the uh, you know wide receiver routes to the trees. So 
<laughs> get all that in. Um, yeah, so we like we are like getting closer and closer to maybe having normal life in this country again, uh, which is a wonderful thing. So, and up for your uh, vaccine. I, yeah, go get your vaccine. Go get go get your vaccine. No, I was just, you should I say me. it? Yeah, yeah. I was excited. I just found out that I, I think on Friday I can start scheduling mine here in Ohio. My I mother got my first one. I got my first one last Friday. Hey, look at that. Yeah. Excellent. Mm. Yeah, I, my wife's vaccinated. I mean, she's a nurse, so she got it pretty quickly. Uh, but I am I am sitting here just kind of waiting for it and hoping uh, my if you can't tell from my raspy voice. I'm kind of worried about my lungs every once in a while. I wouldn't mind not getting some disease that's killed uh, half a million people in this country. So, but that's a grim note. Positive note, like I said, is we are <laughs> we're getting closer to some normal. I mean, who know who knows what the attendance will be at Notre Dame Stadium this year? We'll look at that in the dark. Spring practice is going to be starting soon. I think everyone's saying that's going to be uh, March 27th now. So 10 days from now, Saturday, instead of the 24th. Uh, but Notre Dame still has not released anything to the effect of practice schedule, blue and gold stuff, media accessibility. Again, I am secretly hoping there is no media accessibility just for the just for the funny ha-ha when everyone's like, we'll have to wait and see what happens in spring. Ain't nobody seeing nothing. You're going to see Jordan Johnson clips again. <laughs> <laughs> I hope people can no, I hope that you know you can see you practice this and that, but I would think it's funny. I, I'm sorry I would laugh. Um, all right, that's it. And as always, go Irish. <laughs>